243 TCP, welcome to another week. And uh, a couple things to go over this week. I mean, beta's back, big news. Recapping the last week's matches, APAC started. Holy crap, good shit. Some really insane games from my opening week as well, to be honest with you. Some really interesting results. Um, and some big news surrounding Huck leaving, kicked, removed, ousted from the Boston Uprising. No idea what happened there, but happy to speculate. Wow, did not ever think that was going to happen. Um, I thought he was a Boston member for life, but uh, out he goes. And what what else? What else happened over the course? Oh, yeah, there's the streamer thing with the beta. Um, Toronto have a new assistant coach. Wow. Spitfire teasing something, apparently. Uh, J3's gone from the mayhem. <gasps> Shocking turn of events. And, um, oh, yeah, we also have patch notes from the beta as well. Yeah. So some new changes, stuff like that. Pretty much. Oh, sure. Jane's been found. Thank God. That is good. That is. Rescue Jane. That is that is nice to hear that that didn't end in worse circumstances. Glad he's okay, hopefully, and wish him the best. Sure. It's a little concerning. Had us worried there. Well, that's your news recap for the week. <laughs> See you next episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, what is that? What's everybody been up to? Like, we've been doing anything different? Because I know I haven't. I'll say I that. casted. True. I don't think anyone did. I casted, and then I played the beta today. Yeah. What Pretty did you much. cast? That's what we're talking about there. Say what? Oh, you mean the matches last week? Yeah. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. What were you thinking of? I thought you you casted something like today and you're still up for it and it's like you're still asleep. no, no. <laughs> some mobile Strong game uh, mobile game yeah 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 that's where the money is though you gotta look at the mortal cast now yeah, <laughs> yeah. Immortal competitive immortal players um i actually picked up some oh, that... games from uh, steam summer sales have you guys yeah no. yeah i started playing tiny tina's wonderlands getting into that dude this thing tiny tina's wonderland sounds like someone didn't want to pony up for a barbie name rights and that's why i never <laughs> looked into the game you know really it's i will a bit say of an, it's a bit of an end joke for borderlands yeah. fans so like it probably right. sounds like a weird title to anyone that's not familiar with borderlands but the, to the people that are it's like a very like oh yeah i get it like that's a normal name for a borderlands game Maybe this is just me when it comes to like the Borderlands series. I know this has nothing to do with Overwatch, but it's a recap. Like, we're just talking about what we're doing. We'll get to it. Don't worry. Um, Borderlands for me, like I, the drive. Overwatch, um, Overwatch. Like it, the driving never really sat well with me. I fucking hate yeah, the driving in that I game. Well, there's no drag. I know, there's and no that's why. That's why it's like interesting. I'm like, oh, like this is this feels like a great format, and I hope this is like what they do with Borderlands moving forward. I can I tell can't you why. Stay in the driving. I know why you can't. You, are you playing on PC or console? PC. Okay, this is why you can't stay in the driving because the, the driving. It's probably not the only thing that's been ported over, but the whole game is basically a console port ported to PC, uh -huh. and the driving is based on like <laughs> you control the direction of the driving with your mouse. Mm -hmm. via looking and from a console perspective it's the same thing you're like you're you're 
turning with your look, mm. which is one of your analog sticks. Yeah. Which is why when they directly port that to the PC, it feels what weird. do you use to look? You use your mouse. That's why you you're literally turning your steering wheel with your mouse. It's not how driving should work, but yeah. in driving games on the PC, but it is what it is. It's designed for consoles, and that's why it feels weird. Yeah. But uh, no driving in Wonderlands. No driving. Yeah. No, it looks good. I think um, that's a good start. Um, there's been a couple games that I've looked at for the Steam Summer Sale, like stuff that I'm like. I know I probably should play, but like games I don't really want to play, like games like Celeste. Um, I still have never played Undertale, even though everybody's like, oh my God, you have to play Undertale. I'm like, why though? Probably should. Probably should. Um, really? I played, we played like the first hour with Undertale. friends. Yeah. And it's, it was the most boring shit. Like, <laughs> wow. Stuff know. like Transistor, a lot of the super giant games that yeah. I just you don't never play. Never you don't play Undertale. Mm-hmm. Do you have a good gaming experience? You play it to admire the social commentary about games, is what you do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's what you play it for. And then you can tell other people about it. Be like, wow, there was all this like social commentary about gaming inside this game. It was very fourth dimensional. Now I'm talking to you about it. That's that's the real the real joy and pleasure of Undertale is telling people about how you played Undertale and, and all the all the things you got out of it. I will uh, which say I'm, that which I'm happy to do for you, you know, because yeah. I have played Undertale and now I can I can express that joy as well. <laughs> is so is it like and maybe I'm misremembering what people have said about this other game. Is it like the Stanley Parable? I feel like that's also a game that like come and uh, has a lot of commentary in that I'd same. It's a bit deep. It's a little, it's a bit deeper. The actual gameplay oh, okay. is actually fine. The game the okay. gameplay is fine because it's the combat's very unique. I've never seen combat done in the way that it's done mm-hmm. in Undertale. So in that regard, it's a very unique game. But um, gotcha. <laughs> the actual commentary in the game is pretty deep. It's a, it's a bad game for people that aren't gamers to play. It's a fantastic game for people that are gamers to play because it breaks a lot of gaming tropes and it's very direct about how it does those. Mm. And uh, you don't appreciate those in, unless you're like a gamer gamer. Right, so, right, right. You've played a few. But, uh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. As we head back to Overwatch Talk. Yeah. I feel like Wonderlands prepared me for for the beta. Oh yeah? Cuz yeah. uh I go, you know, I go axe swinging. I play True. with my shotguns. Yeah. Did you work uh, out I your apps? spells. Sorry, what? Did you work out your apps? Um My character's very well clothed, so I, I never really get to see. Mm. I'm going to be honest with you, I never get to see any of that. I guess that makes sense why you're now playing Overwatch again, right? But um, I don't know. Like I, I walked into beta, my aim felt especially crisp. Ooh. Like I was expect, I was expecting to be bad because I haven't played Overwatch since the last beta. I did not go back to Overwatch one. Between, in fact, I haven't streamed since the last beta. I literally played the last beta, didn't stream again because, like, I don't know. I just feel like I didn't really have much to stream. I could have streamed Overwatch League stuff, but I just chose not to. Mm-hmm. And then the stream literally got booted up again just for the beta, uh, and will be again the rest of the beta i hope so let's talk about nice. it let's talk about the beta 243 brought to you by avala vista baby battle crab refine being bronze by bruja chari philadelphia is more of a stage two team anyway i've got some bad news for you on that one there's r34444 cashier 67 lolshin pork chop sammy rick saying volumel smooth nuts your misery with you two members ice ham jello william jesse vish man fire element six ak and chris r yeah look it's not going to be a good stage for Philly. They could probably they could probably bounce back, but looking at the schedule, it's going to be rough. We are going to get to that talk uh, in a bit. First of all, 
let's just recap a couple things that have happened in the beta. Uh, let me just talk about my beta experience, and then we can talk about, I don't know, anything you guys think about the beta so far, if you've watched anybody. Uh, there's also been the role passive change with DPS. Uh, there's also mm -hmm. been more um, patch notes, like balance changes as well. Some that I think are really weird. We'll get into that. Um, generally, though, I'm glad the beta is back. I think everyone is glad the beta yes. is back. It's yes. filled with only... I don't feel like a lot of people got invited. Because yeah, it feels it's like slower. it's still mainly just like, you know, streamers, our players. Mm -hmm. um, I Those think I bumped into Nero in a deathmatch. I think, but I'm not too sure. Okay. Um, and then... Because I just... All I know is I hear a lot of people complaining they didn't get in. I feel like yeah. a lot of people didn't get in. Because there's too many people complaining they didn't get in. And I feel like you'd have less people complaining if more people actually got in, so I'm not too sure. Um, Smart, right? Yeah. Is it? I mean, you want to maximize... Like it's not good PR. You want to maximize the amount of people buying the Watchpoint pack? That's so disappointing, though. Like, I don't... Yeah. The, the problem is, like, they, they, they marketed the free signups really poorly, I feel. Mm -hmm. They should have just been straight up and told everyone that everyone gets in the signups. The signups is a guaranteed. Did they say that? Are you guys aware of, of what type of communication they've had over banner signups? Um, um, at some point, yeah, but like that might just be wave three, you know? Yeah. Here we go. It says beta is. This is from the FAQ. Mm -hmm. Beta is slated to stay open until June 28th, unless we hit our projected maximum server capacity earlier. We'll select a small group of players when the beta goes live on June 28th, and we'll steadily add more players over time as we ramp up capacity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe within the next few days to the week, we'll, we'll get a lot more players. The first waves of larger access grants play and to begin on July 5th. So actually, when's July 5th? That is still five, six-ish days from now. Yeah. By the time you watch this episode, maybe less than that. Probably should have it, I guess. Uh, so that's probably why the queue times don't feel good right now because there's just not yeah, that many not players. Enough people. Yep. And then finally, they say our goal is to provide access to all players that opt into the beta no later than July 14th. Yeah. Um, which, if you were to take the extremely, if you were, if you came into that conversation with bad faith and you wanted to take the worst interpretation of it, your interpretation would be like, oh well, well, I can't get this until July the 14th. Mm -hmm. um, if you were to be optimistic and you had a lot of hope here, and maybe you're even slightly naive. I mean, I think both both have merits here in terms of what direction you want to take this. Mm -hmm. Then you'll probably believe you'll get it before. I, I'd say most people get it before July the 14th. But yeah. maybe some people that are very unlucky get it on July the 14th, in which case you only have, I believe, four days to play the beta, which kind of sucks. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like a lot of this beta th sign-up thing has been poorly communicated. Because a lot of people don't know that you're guaranteed to get into the beta if you just sign up. Yeah, A lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe Blizzard purposely didn't communicate that because they wanted more people to buy. I, I feel like it's really annoying that um, uh, the way the Watchpoint pack should have worked is like, if you really think about what the offering is, it's mm -hmm. a fine offering. But people come into it with such a negative interpretation, almost purposely so, that like, I don't know. I feel like on some level, if you come into the room with a negative interpretation always, you can make anything look yeah. bad. Mm -hmm. Like, anything can and will look bad to you. But 
the whole beta thing is what what do you think what do you think the forty dollars buys you at the end of the day? I would say the forty dollars at the end of the day. Let me just recap which point pack. Just from memory? What do you get in this thing again? I think it's like a couple skins, a profile picture, a gift later on that they have yet to announce, and then beta access, right? I okay, here we go. Me. I'm gonna go to the store page. I'm gonna go to the store page and just check this out. I have a point to make here. My point sure, is, sure, sure. is 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 the is the forty dollars worth it? intrinsically and the reason why i have to break that down is because i'm trying to find out how much of that 40 dollars is kind of the, the beta right do you include mm -hmm. the beta do you tangibly attribute a part of the 40 dollars cost wise towards getting beta access in which case you know the beta costs you money because here, here's what you get you get uh two in-game sorry you get in-game content season one premium battle pass two legendary space Raider hero skins, 2,000 Overwatch 2 virtual currencies, which will buy you two more battle passes. Um, and then you get the Overwatch Legendary Edition immediately, and then also access to the Overwatch 2 beta for now. Um, and if you were to remove the Legendary Edition Overwatch game and then the, um, the beta access, with the $40 pretty much buying you three months worth of battle passes plus two skins, yeah. be worth it. Now it's hard to say because we don't know how much a thousand coins costs. We don't know how much mm -hmm. a single battle pass season costs. But I know the intention with the Overwatch Legendary Edition is to to A, remove Overwatch 1 from the store from Battle.net because they don't want people buying Overwatch 1 anymore because yeah. it's a waste of money now when the, the new game is about to come out. So they're including it with this, this watch point pack so that if people really, really want to buy Overwatch 1 they buy it through buying Overwatch 2 coins, essentially. Mm -hmm. this is the intention. But if you were to negatively interpret that, you would assume, oh, Blizzard's trying to, Blizzard's trying to increase the price of their Overwatch 2 watchpoint pack by adding in Overwatch 1 when I already have it. That would be an extremely negative interpretation of this, even though that wouldn't be the truth. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem egregious to me. Um, it's not the first time I could... Uh, developers charged for beta access it's i feel like normal at this point um if anything it feels a little bit more charitable right like it, it feels like they're giving you a lot more than what i've paid for plenty of other games like i don't really feel all that bad am i gonna be buying it i don't know depends depends on like the next couple days whether or not i get beta access or not i'm not like pressed for it so if i get it i get it if i don't maybe i'll buy it i don't know um but yeah, I don't. I don't know if, if people are up in arms about this. I, I feel like oh, they it's disingenuous. <laughs> it, it feels really. It feels like you're saying something else if you're upset about this because it feels very consumer friendly. Like, sure, you can complain that like the queue times are bad and it's like incentivizing people to like buy in, but. I don't know. This feels like you're getting a lot. You're getting a, a fair amount of bang for your buck. And this isn't abnormal to have a, a developer like charge for beta. Yes, I can understand if you want to like try to leverage the oh, well, it's just going to go down and it's like, OK, I get that. But like you're still paying for something else, like you're still getting something else. It's should've not just, just beta access. So I don't know. Yeah. They, they should have just not have included beta access into this pack, in my opinion. I, I mm. know like 
the problem is I'm now I'm now getting I'm now getting sucked into the vortex that is a negative consumerism where they just want to find problems with everything and you have to try and combat that and the way you combat that is by removing value from things like this. Yeah. So sadly, this is how back this is how fucking stupidly backwards it is. You have to remove value from these things because if you add too much value, people will negatively interpret that and say, "Oh, they're trying to charge me for this thing." Okay, so here's, here's a fun fact. They could easily remove beta access from the Watchpoint pack, and they can remove Overwatch Legendary Edition, offering no ways to purchase Overwatch 1 anymore, and still charge you $40. Would that, be ha- would that make things better? Would people be happy about that? You've now lost value in this pack. Yeah. Of course, the interpretation then people would have was like, well, no, then you just charge me $20, right? Whatever it is. But again, we don't know what the... the t- for all I know, for all I know, a thousand coins is like ten bucks. Could be. Let's just pretend it's ten bucks. So, yeah. so one one battle pass plus two thousand coins is thirty bucks, and then you pay ten bucks for skins. Mm-hmm. That sounds reasonable to me. That sounds like okay. Well, you basically just bought three thousand coins plus two skins for forty dollars. It's also it's probably more. Like if we assume the battle pass is a thousand, which we know that's to be true. It's probably. Yeah. M- the, I think the battle pass is going to be more than ten bucks. Oh, I I think so too. I think it'll be more like fifteen. Yeah. So, at least. so you're getting yeah. it at like a small discount. Yeah. So you're actually getting this at a discount. Yeah. 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 So I I don't hate I don't hate that. It, it depends. Like the problem is that you're buying a product on a lot of you know goodwill. This is almost like a pre-order of skins. Yes. Yeah. That you haven't seen yet. The worst, the worst interpretation I've seen that just really annoys me. I understand why they have this interpretation, mm-hmm. but it's just so like purposely. I don't know. It, you're you're trying extremely hard to be to be negative and wrong about this, which is like this is this is like a direct quote almost verbatim. Okay. It's like, oh, they said I've watched two is free, and oh, now they're yeah, charging yeah. me to get into the beta. Lol. It's like <laughs> it is free. But you have to wait till October the fourth. Like they're not lying to you. Like that's yeah. that's the truth. And they're not. They are. They are, and they're not charging you for the beta because you can get into the beta for free. You can just wait. If you don't want to pay, you can literally I think wait. A lot of this will be fine in a week's time. A lot of this is yes. probably going to end up being fine. But yeah. like I get it. Uh, I don't know. Like it's you can't have nice things. The the thing that annoys me is you can't have nice things. You can't attach, you know, value to this because then people for some reason attaching more value to this pack pisses people off. That's the weird thing about it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I have to imagine for them, they they view this as like some sort of like gatekeeping measure to like, well, well we obviously know that's not the case. Um, but one, like you said, one has received a lot more optics than the other. Whereas like, yeah, I actually didn't know like that that the public had like information that you know the the public or the the beta availability was trying to be as, as as welcoming as possible by at least a set date um so yeah it's i, I still think the marketing has fa- failed the marketing failed here a little bit they should bit. they should have just they should have just been very upfront and said hey you can just get beta for free by signing up it's guaranteed yep just say they if you want early that. access to the beta yeah. you can buy it along with all these other really nice things that are you're probably going to want to buy anyways so like everybody just sees how do I get beta now? I have to buy this pack, but they don't actually I mean, also I spent, see all the value. 
That's I awesome. spent a decent amount of my stream answering questions. Like people come in and be like, should I buy a Watchpoint pack to get into beta? I'm like, you can. Only if you're desperate to get into beta. Yeah. Now. Otherwise, just sign up and you'll get it eventually. Like, it's, mm -hmm. I just, I just told people like, don't buy it if you just want. Don't buy it if you, if you, unless you like care about getting to beta today. Yeah. Like, just sign up, wait a week, and you'll be in. Don't stress. You get it for free. Mm -hmm. you know? And if we're doing like the the hypothetical math correctly, I mean, this probably is going to be valuable once we get to October, right? Like, once we get the battle pass, once we look at how much some of these like coin packages are, are selling for um or the, the currency like, packages it's probably worth it in terms of just like money spent everyone thinks they're getting ripped off with this pack for some yeah. reason when it's like provable with all all every time you see any of these packs even when it's from like ea or some shit who you yeah. know ea ea would love to rip people off but even they even they would be doing packs that are like very oh yeah good value. Like everyone does whenever you see a pack like this, there's usually good value. And then mm -hmm. it gets proven when the game releases, you're like, oh shit, a thousand coins cost me fifteen dollars, not ten dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this was actually a good bumble bundle. Mm -hmm. Um so I don't know. People are just like but, tunneling on the, the beta access. That's all. They are. I mean it's 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 people kinda like channeling their grievances with not getting in. I understand that part. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on slightly, just in terms of beta, did you, have you guys watched any beta footage from this time around? I saw the Junker Queen tech. Um, I don't know if I saw it huh. from uh, Dustin Bowerman. Um, the whole like oh. knife crouch cancel go flying type of deal. Um, hmm. outside of that, I haven't seen too much. I am not gonna lie. I also haven't really taken a glance at the patch notes, so I'm gonna be doing that live as we go through this. Do you want to? When do you want to do that? We can do that now. I want to get uh, yes thoughts if you see anything, and then we'll, we'll go. But have you seen any beta two footage, Joe, or me? You. Uh, My name isn't Jessica. I mean, yeah. I, I um, <laughs> in in terms of like, I I think that like what I did see was I went to try to find out what kind of tech people were looking at. I, I think I was. Yeah. Uh, Am I the only one that's played it? I don't yeah, have I, access. I don't yeah. Right. Why not? Blizzard, don't Blizzard love you? What's going on there? I don't think Blizzard know I exist. Why is it like... And that's okay. I it, like to keep it that way. Why is it only you and Feifei didn't get invited to this game? That's kind of crazy. <laughs> what is it? What is it? What did you guys do? Mm, I thought you guys didn't get invited. I'm, um, I'm just collecting reasons not to be invited at this point. <laughs> Here's what's going to happen. Day one of October 4th's launch... Mm -hmm. Yesuka just finds out he's permanently banned from Overwatch. Shadow like he's not only is he not you. invited, he's not even he's not only is he not invited to beta, he's also not invited to the launch of the game or any mm -hmm. at any point of the game ever. He tries to tune to Overwatch League and is just like unable to view uh, user banned. Like, <laughs> just like you're just not allowed. You've just been shadow. You've been sent to the shadow realm for all things Overwatch. Um, yeah, but yeah. So there, it was the whole Brigskin thing as well, which I felt mm -hmm. like you know. I think it's a cool and a shit, but again, the if you were and there's a fuck, I hate that there's a lot of these people. If you were to interpret that in the most negative way possible, you'd say yeah. like, "Oh, Blizzard are trying to, I don't know, shake me down for more money for a skin." It's like, fuck, you don't need this. It's it's optional. No one's <laughs> it's done. optional, just no like the the other no skins, guys. Unfolding your wallet, forcing you to grab your credit card and fucking yeah. pay for this. Shit is all optional, people. I, I don't know. Like it just it's so it's such a weird perspective to have. 
It's like, oh, Blizzard are forcing me to pay for this. It's like, no one's forcing you to do anything. I don't even think it's, I don't even particularly think it's a great skin. Just, you can just skip this one. Holy <laughs> shit. What's the problem? Like, <laughs> if anything, again, this is like value because you're supporting probably a streamer that you're watching anyways and also yeah. getting a skin. Blizzard's not even getting this money. No. Okay, Jeff, Jeff is. Twitch, Twitch and the fucking streamer are getting this money, but. Yeah. You know, people are like, oh, Blizzard are trying to, Blizzard are trying to fucking scam me. They're trying to get my money. It's like, bro, Blizzard aren't even making money off this. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Holy if shit. I, they're probably losing it, if I'm going to be completely honest. But yeah, I got invited to the, um, I think all the casters got on the, yeah. the supporter streamer thing. So that starts tomorrow. My one critique for that is for whatever reason, the beta starts today. But the skin mm -hmm. thing doesn't start till tomorrow. Right. So yeah, there is a, a non-zero amount of people, a reasonable amount of people that gifted three subs or whatever today, expecting yeah. that we're going to get a skin and didn't fucking yeah, get one. Yeah, that's a. And every single time, every single time someone came to my stream and they started like dropping a sub, I'm like, just so you Careful. know, just so you're aware, the skin doesn't start till tomorrow. So yeah, I, and I had to let everyone know that every single time someone came in, I couldn't, <sighs> I couldn't like, I could only say it when someone did it. I couldn't yeah. just spam it over and over and over again but the fact is i could only tell people after they thankfully i think most people that actually gift gave subs were people that were active in my community anyway they weren't people specifically coming in just to get the skin as far as i'm aware anyway i don't know maybe i'm wrong uh, but it is so strange they decided to like not just do the skin thing on the launch day they decided to delay it by one day mm -hmm, that doesn't make yeah. any sense to me weird. yeah that's weird you know what what is actually interesting to me and keep in mind like I'm not really a business focused in in my investigation, so I have no internal knowledge. That's that's a Jacob Wolf question for for as far as I'm concerned, right? Is it not interesting that this is an Overwatch Watch X Twitch uh, supporter streamer situation? Yes, that's where the streamers are, and that's the reality of the product. But yeah. it feels like, given the current situation that we're finding ourselves in. I mean, this year is, is when the uh, YouTube deal um, is in its last year. We're tr probably yeah. trying to leverage for, you know, um, new broadcasting rights for both leagues. Mm -hmm. Modern Warfare is coming out this year as well. Warzone yeah. 2. Warzone has yeah. always been a big uh, IP for Twitch and whatnot. I feel like... If I was into business stuff, this is where, like, at the very latest point where I'm like, why are they courting each other? Are we, are we like, trying to get some yeah, metrics It's mutually up? beneficial, right? Yeah, it's mutually beneficial. I, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, maybe it doesn't hint towards a future deal, but maybe no. it hints towards us at least being open to the opportunity for uh, content to be on twitch uh sure. as far as you know overwatch league stuff could go or or call of duty or whatever it is right um and that was p for me personally more interesting because i think yeah. like it will probably be pretty challenging to just talk about the esports aspects of this situation it mm -hmm. probably always has to be the entire ip that is locked yeah. down in this uh, deal just because i mean the the esports viewership for practically every esport is not worth the amount of uh currency we receive for that unless you're league of legends and then even then yeah yeah i and wonder if it's 
So I I don't know what what what's if if there's any indication here, but like this is this is my dream, you know, my dream take in terms of mm-hmm. what what this might mean because if we're being honest, this is this is the money funnel, right, for the Overwatch League. Um, sure. The broadcasting. What, what is sorry? The broad, right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So. I don't know. It, it, that was just something interesting to me that we don't have these activations on YouTube. Maybe they aren't as easy to do. Um, sure. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's good all around. I think the more activations, uh, like you said, I don't think this necessarily hints towards like any kind of deal. Um, but it is interesting. It is interesting what to it, kind of see like how this develops. What it hints to me is that, you know, I think Blizzard is still working. Uh, they're still very willing to work with twitch which is mm-hmm. um they haven't completely locked themselves away from working with twitch again mm-hmm. um just good okay but beyond that let's go over the to move things along a little bit let's talk let's go over the patch notes briefly i'm not going to read over everything but we'll just fly through it sure, real sure. quick um i'll give it the beta i'll give it the beta patch notes to you as well so you can bring it up yep first things first oh, junk queen introduced okay all the abilities there. We're not going to go through them again. We we went through them last time. Faye, yeah, Faye yeah. thankfully gave us all the abilities, uh, and also the rest of the world. Uh, whenever he did that, <laughs> so we talked about that already. Um, one extra thing I will say is that commanding shout also does stack with Lucio's speed boost. Yes, and I believe it does. one intre- one interesting thing that did actually come out of this. Um, so there was an AMA on R slash Games, which mm-hmm. or which two devs did, and, and I would suggest you. I think there might be a summary somewhere. Um, okay. But it was a pretty good AMA. I'm not gonna lie, they they they, they talked about a lot of stuff. That was actually where um, they first revealed that the battle pass cost a thousand coins per pass. I think John mm. Spencer said that. Okay. Uh, anyway, one of the things that were revealed there from a gameplay perspective was they revealed there was a there's a maximum cap on speed boost stacking, and I believe the number is seventy five percent. So you can stack different speed boosts up to seventy five percent maximum. And they said that number they're still they're not even they like completely concrete on that in, in terms of they can still change that number like they can they can they can maybe you know make that a bit weaker so you don't 75 is a lot yes. i don't even think there's enough abilities in the game that allows you to stack to 75 right now anyway so i'm not too sure uh, yeah not yet um, see so there's that uh, i'll talk about my experience on jungle queen and how good i think she is or how bad i think she is or whatever we'll get there in a second okay they brought in some of the new skins um interesting not particularly crazy but interesting um i wonder how they're going to be doing some skins moving forward in terms of watch two classic two skins they're calling them the classic two in terms of the default skins but with overwatch two looks um because if you remember all the rare and the purple skins as well just kind of like recolors of the base skin are they going to do that as well for the new Overwatch two classic two versions we'll see um some updates to the ping system as well so now you can um, you can basically, what is it, like, you can confirm allied pings and stuff like that to show that you're basically agreeing to, to do something with them, stuff like that. Um, and some other ping visuals, uh, some unique VO pings. Oh, this is actually a good one. Anna now has unique ping VO and visuals when sleeping enemies. So this is amazing, by the way. And I played a bit of Anna. I slept somebody, pinged them, and Anna would, would say, I've slept this person, and the ping would have a sleep icon on it as well. So that's actually huge for just like casual gaming on Anna and communicating that you've slept somebody. And I had 
uh, I had an increased amount of teammates actually work with me on slip targets compared to Overwatch 1 just immediately off that. So that's actually huge. Mm. Um, so yeah, a bunch of pink stuff. You can ping while dead as, as, as well now. Uh, I, I didn't really, that's I should have nice. tested that. I didn't actually test that. Um, they've added Busan. Haven't played that yet, but there's new lighting on that one. They've added Junkertown with morning lighting. Gibraltar has morning lighting now, which is actually way better because the, the afternoon, evening lighting on Gibraltar was like, it was blinding you in the face yeah. if you were defending A. So I'm glad that's gone. Um, they've added a new map for Rio Paraiso. I think I pronounced that correctly. Uh, I checked that map out while I was on stream as well, just to, just going through and having a look at the geometry. Um, maybe I'll talk about that in a hot second as well. What else? Oh yeah, the damage passive. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, this is interesting. Oh, hang on. They've actually nerfed the support passive so that time to active healing increased from 1 to 1 1.5 seconds. So you don't just start healing after 1 second, it's so 1.5 now. Mm. 1 was pretty strong. So, so, DPS no longer have 10% passive movement. They now have a passive that says swapping to other damage heroes maintains up to 30% of your new hero's ultimate charge. Which... I worked this out because I got some dev confirmation from Captain Planet, uh, which is to say that essentially the way it works is the ultimates have points associated with them. I believe Trace has 1,260 is the cost of the ultimate. And I believe the the points are one-to-one -one with damage. This is this is even in Overwatch 1. Just explain to people that don't know how ultimates work. right? So you deal one damage, that's one point towards your ultimate. And different ultimates have different point costs. So I think Reapers are 2,100 or something like that. So... Swapping to other damage heroes maintains up to 30%. So if you have 30% of Tracer, it's like some number. I can't remember. I, I, it was on my tweet. I tweeted about this. I had the exact numbers. Um, and you retain... you you. So there's a, there's a set amount of numbers that you transfer over. So I go from Tracer to Reaper, and I'm at 30%. Whatever that number is, 30% of 1,260 gets transferred directly to Reaper one-to-one, -one, as in that many points. And now Reaper has that many points. But I believe... That's only like 18% of Reaper's ultimate. So you get 18%. Yeah. Right. But if you have more than that, you transfer all of your ultimate points over up to a maximum of 30% of your new hero. Mm -hmm. So if I have like, if I have my full ultimate, if I have a full pulse bomb and I go and swap to Reaper, Reaper now is 30%. That's how that works. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, I kind of like this. I think we, we like way back when we had those... Um, ideas because like we really like it felt like we were still trying to make the core identity of overwatch that you constantly switch in order to rock paper scissor mm -hmm. almost on every death or whatever that never right. worked but these ideas were always floating right yeah and i think this particular implementation is actually quite elegant in what it does because it doesn't feel exploitable um so one of the fears with that a system that transfers ultimate charge from uh, hero to hero is that you just play one hero because it's the charge hero, but it has a shit ultimate, and then you switch and go to a hero that has a very good ultimate that but charges slowly. Yeah. And this change makes it so that that isn't feasible that's not a viable strategy i i think 30 percent is the threat is under the threshold where that would ever make sense right right um also i will say and maybe this is totally wrong but 
gut feeling is that the team fight impact of a of a DPS ultimate alone is actually the, the so the the difference between the strongest and the weakest ultimate or rather between the strongest viable and the weakest viable hero ultimate is probably the, the smallest in the roles. Meaning, the teamfight impact of a tech visor is probably reasonably close to a tracer um, oh, okay. I think pulse bump, right? While the yeah. difference between the old Orisa uh, <laughs> ultimate, which was, was the strongest ultimate in the game, and let's say whole hog yeah. is different, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so therefore, it also makes sense. I will also say what is also always true. DPS switches don't determine necessarily comp archetypes. No. Yeah. Tank switches do. Right. If you switch your tank, you now have a different archetype that switches a composition from dive to rush or whatever it could be. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so, not doing that for tank makes complete sense for me. Doing that to DPS, it's it's kind of interesting. I I'd like to see how it plays out. There's a minor concern for me here, which shouldn't matter whatsoever to the devs, and I fully realize that this is not, not something that you should consider, but I will say, given the current quality of individual practice for pro players, this shit sucks for DPS players. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because you had the old, uh, the old passive that made the mm. hero move at a different speed. And muscle memory snaps onto that, right? You're practicing to hit a soldier with 10% more movement speed because it's... Right. Now you have to relearn that and you don't have an outlet and that's actually more the problem. You don't have a viable outlet to practice this, right? Even though I will say those concerns are a little bit alleviated by the beta building up. Granted, if the MMR system is working well... There wasn't anything prior, and right. Errol, that, that's that's a question for you. Did we did we have this live for Overwatch League? No, that's just now with the the uh, live? the DPS movement speed was has been live in Overwatch League the entire time, right? Also in stage two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. So this new passive is not live for the stage. Okay. That's the worst part because now. The pros go from having no Overwatch 2 to play outside mm -hmm. of scrims to, oh, they get to play Something Overwatch 2 outside of scrims, but the DPS passive has changed, yeah. which, which fucks yes. with your muscle memory, because in scrims, DPS move 10% faster, you move 10% faster yeah. if you are DPS, mm. and now you practice the live game with the quote-unquote live game, the beta, and it's just different. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but at least you get to play Sojourn, right? It's, it's better sure. than playing Overwatch yeah. 1 or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. well, that is that is big true. You get to actually practice Ojin now. <laughs> that is humongous true. Yeah. Holy shit. And look, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real. Some of these players need that. Some of them yeah. need that. And <laughs> they know they need that, but like dude. Ah oh, man, the, these the, the, these kids are at their wits end, some of them. Because like sure. you don't feel in charge of your own destiny. Right, like as the no. meta switches, Soldier is a yeah. new hero that 
Mm-hmm. Yes, you. Some of them grinded that in the preseason, but there's diminishing to returns to that. Like that, that shit is almost gone. All, all you've learned. Yep. You want to have an outlet where you can practice this, and if you have fostered a an environment where you know you shut down all services that that support pugs for five years because you want to protect that. Mm-hmm. Yes. There is a world where the pro players organize themselves and get the the lobbies going and whatnot. That's an idealist world that can work if you have the culture established that you actively killed repeatedly, even though there was monetary interest coming into your scene. So I've I've limited. Um, there's limited responsibility for me for the pro players to get that going, right? Um, sure. But once again, in the grand scheme of things, like. Those those are problems done before uh, in past years. Probably not something that the current uh, leadership of the Overwatch League even like feels too strongly about. Um, even though I wouldn't know, I would probably have to ask them. And then also, you shouldn't care at this point as a developer. There's zero percent concern that you should give this that some kid doesn't get to have perfect muscle memory in in your league right so it's such a small thing look compared to the much larger you know scope of getting overwatch 2 out to the public and releasing the game and all that yeah yeah but i like there's there's enough empathy for both of those crowds for the developers they gotta get do a job the pro players they gotta do a job sometimes Mm. stuff just sucks you know and I feel like that's unfortunately what happened here. And um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but I like the idea. I like the radical change. Uh, I think it's an interesting one. I don't, I'm I'm 50-50 on it. The problem with me is like, do we need this change? I felt like the 10% boost was good. I like the speed boost on DPS. Yeah. Some of the DPSs felt way better. In fact, all, all of them probably felt way better on that. Um. It's just reverting that is just like maybe they felt like the ten percent movement speed was going to be too problematic with different speed boost sources from now Junker Queen and Lucio. Maybe they felt like it made the game too oppressive for supports. I don't know. All of those things could be um factors. Mm. But this new passive is is great for a high level of play and great for like competitive and great for like Overwatch League plays and strategic depth at that level but for the regular player this this is such an awful passive like when is this passive even useful for the for the normal casual player yeah it's one of those things they probably not even swap heroes most of the casual players are just one tricks anyway Mm -hmm. so they don't even they're not even going to be swapping heroes um and i don't know it's just like they think less about the most of the casual players don't think too hard about counters. No. You know, they just play what they're comfortable on. That's it. So like this is this is a passive that for all intents and purposes, unless you are dying and swapping or actively thinking about how to how to strategically work around swaps, mm. you don't actually have a passive. This is a passive that is only active when you're doing the act of swapping. Yeah. And otherwise yeah. has no impact on the game at all. It's not even is not active. It just seems like such a weird thing i almost feel like dps should have this and the speed boost am i being greedy i don't know <laughs> or just something that actually works during the game something something that actually gives you a passive during the the normal gameplay and not just in the the hero selection screen you know 
I like the, the idea behind it, though, even for casual players, because every system that incentivizes more dynamic thinking about a game and disincentivizes one-tricking is probably not, not a bad I system. Agree. Right? Which is why I'm saying they should have this passive and the speed passive. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I do think this provides good strategic depth. My only issue is, if this is the only thing that DPS have, they don't really have anything. Mm. Yeah, for the most part, for the large majority of the audience, the, it is very, very unnoticeable. Um, not even for whereas, not even for the regular audience, even at the pro level. Like, okay, sure. you've done your one swap. Now what? Now the DPS don't yeah. do anything. You're mildly incentivized to have more swaps, and even then, it it's probably going to take a while to like really find a good pacing with it. Um, I think I'm I'm weirds like not agreeing with you but like the idea because it does feel like a big package for a passive um but yeah i i think that the 10 percent did kind of facilitate some of the slower picks to be a little bit more dynamic um it sounds like the devs have a a hurdle in place so things don't get out of hand with more speed boost mechanics coming into the game um and maybe even some future development heroes could be leaning into that as well. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Avril. I think the 10% probably was better kept um, for a lot of reasons. For the pros, for the casuals, like it does it does make the game feel a little bit better for the, some of those more sluggish heroes. Um, as long as they're kept in check in the future, then yeah, I don't see why not. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the thirty percent, ten percent, is fine. An alternative viewpoint is: Do DPSs need passives because they're strong enough? Sure. Tanks, I understand. Steadfast makes a lot of sense. You yes. don't, want, you know, they don't want to be booped around and all that. Supports makes sense. You know, they have less ways to help themselves. Uh, yeah. A little bit of self healing is nice if your other healer's dead, and it, 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 there's less like requirement for the other guy to heal you. I don't know. Maybe D, maybe the right answer is that dps doesn't even need a passive and so this ends up being okay because it's a pretty non-passive passive yeah all right yeah. i don't know yeah let's fly through the rest of this because i did say we're going to go through the rest of the patch notes uh so let's, let's just fly them ryan has had his armor and hp pools kind of readjusted in a very minor way um winston actually got a nerf here ultimate cost increase and projected health uh for the barrier increase decreased as well that's kind of hardcore I, I feel like mm. they're really i feel like winston about- was already Winston on our current owl patch is already, it's already like trending weak. out. Yeah, it's already kind of weak, and they just ruined him more. They just fucked him more. Um, this is, by the way, the ultimate cost is an undo. They actually, in, they actually decreased the amount of that the ultimate cost uh, on a previous patch, so they made it cheaper. Now they're making, they're just undoing they're that, just, undoing just making it, it. Okay. putting it back to where it was. Um, the diva armor stuff. I feel like they're undoing a previous patch. I'm pretty sure there was a patch in the alpha. Which readjusted the the armor, and now they've undone that because they felt like Diva got made too too weak. Mm. So they just readjust the value. So Diva has another one hundred extra armor, which is nice. Um, oh, Doomfist, this one fucking hurts. Yeah. Seismic slam no longer slows enemies. Power block damage reduction reduced from ninety to eighty. He's just straight up weaker. They just yeah. they, they yeah, keep nerfing rough. him. Is he is he causing problems? Because I feel like he's not that insane. I feel like he was already to the point where. If you're an owl player, you were like only very specifically able to get value in, from him in very specific maps, mm-hmm. and um, he was already on his way out. Mm-hmm. Like Winston already took over most of the dive, and now Balls here, and Balls taking a lot of dive. So Doomfist just he's losing playtime, and now they've nerfed him further. 
get quaked on refuses to play him now. Um, I, I, I look, I understand. Like, okay, the seismic slam, maybe it's like annoying to play against, but you can nerf it in other ways. Like, reduce mm-hmm. the amount of time it slows you for. Reduce the, the the quality of the slow from like whatever it was to low. It's like the, the slow is not as incredible as as insane. But to remove it entirely means that slam Seems. now just like you can't even set up kills. Like I I yeah. can't even slam in and set shit up anymore. Mm. It's hard. And I played you know I, I play a reasonable amount of Doomfist. Yeah. Um. The power block. I feel that ten percent. Actually, I felt that ten percent. You know, I dive in, I block, and I feel like I'm just getting owned. Like before, mm. I could block and feel fine. Now I'm like, holy shit! Like I'm getting killed. Mm, a ten percent yeah. really does make a big change. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And and power block wasn't even that strong. No. Of all the damage mitigation abilities, it's one of the weakest ones. It's factually worse than javelin spin. Javelin spin is way fucking better than power block. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. straight up. Um, and you know the defense matrix, popping down a fucking shield that gives you seven hundred HP, like Winston. Yeah. You know, pressing right click on Ryan, like all of these things are just way better damage mitigations. Power block was probably easily the worst. You can even get slept while blocking. Like, holy mm-hmm. fuck. Come on. Like, you're getting, you can get owned while blocking in so many ways. Um, no, I think, I think Doom is screwed. I'm still, like, I can still do things on Doom in my games because I'm, I don't know, I, I play against bad players and I'm not particularly insane mm. myself either even though if you watch my stream earlier today I was doing some Marvel cosplay on Lee Jung I'm not gonna lie um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was doing some nasty stuff in Doomfist and even even with the nerfs but I feel like he does feel way weaker um, it's sad Arissa she got buffed I mean really damage increased yeah damage increased 10 to 12 it's not just a little. This shit is heavy. It's a lot. I don't know. So, like, you know, every ten shots, that's twenty more damage, I guess. So, yep, that is a twenty percent damage increase. Projectile size no longer scales with distance. I don't know about all this projectile fall off stuff. I, I don't really know. Yeah, what half of this means? Um. Maximum fall off range reduced from 15 to 35 meters to 15 to 25. What does that mean? Does that mean she needs to be closer? I'm guessing. Is that is that is that a is that a buff or a nerf? Like I don't even know what that means. Like maximum fall off range reduced. Does that mean after 25 meters she starts losing damage, whereas before it was after 35 meters? Or am I stupid? Like I don't really get it. Um, Um. So. At seventy, like you, the maximum fall off now is seventy percent, right? Uh, yeah. Wait. Damage fall off at maximum 50%. range reduced from seventy to fifty percent. So, so half damage. you're getting half damage at thirty-five, uh, at twenty-five meters. Twenty-five meters. Yeah. So you have to be close to thirty-five. Yeah. Than you were before. Okay. Interesting. Twenty uh, percent movement speed penalty removed from fortify headshot immunity removed. That's actually huge. Fortifies yes. now. No longer as good as it was. I don't care about the movement speed. I care about the headshot immunity mm-hmm. way more. Yeah. Javelin spin being three seconds faster is huge. That is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, speed boost reduced. Uh, whatever. Knockback increased. Uh, whatever. Javelin had damage nerfed and cooldown nerfed. That's... Probably deserved. The javelin yeah. was insane. I'm yeah, not going to yeah. lie. That was probably deserved. Yeah. Uh, and the ult got buffed, I think. Maximum yeah. damage increased from 275 to 500. Not that I would really know, because I only play like one game of Arissa. I, I I'd rather just play Jungle Queen and Doom still, yeah. even if Doom sucks. I mean, this this feels like they want to push her more into like 
being able to brawl well in closer range while rewarding uh, skilled play or rather high mechanical play more because the headshot multiplier difference is pretty considerable, right? Yeah. Critical damage bonus increased from 50% to 100% is... Right, that's a difference. Um, yes. But... Oh, right. Yeah, I didn't even read the most important part. So you deal... And damage increase from 10 100? to 12 as well. Apparently not. Wait, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Isn't all critical damage bonus 100%? All, all headshots are double damage, are they not? Mm, I don't think... Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yes, they are. All, all headshot damage is double damage. So what, is, what does this mean, critical damage bonus increase to 50? Did it not true? used to do double damage on Arisa? Yeah, it is. All headshot dam all headshots are, is 100% damage. Then I wouldn't know how to read this then. I would, this I would makes assume. it sound like Arisa didn't used to have double damage on headshots. Yeah. What? No, she does. Yeah. That's, that's what I took uh, from that, is that she didn't before, and now she does, which seems what? very strong. I didn't even know she didn't before. I did not even know that. Wow. They've been doing my girl Arisa dirty this whole time. That's why she sucked. That's straight up why she sucked. Um, will be one of the reasons why. Okay, Bastion Grenade cooldown. Cool, I guess. Cassidy Combat Roll is interesting, because what it basically means now is you can survive a Pulse Bomb yeah. by rolling at the right time. Uh, you can survive a number of things. Pulse Bomb. Um, like well, You could already survive Meteor Strike, I suppose, just by getting out of the range. Mm -hmm. um, you probably you could probably survive a diva bomb on the edge now by rolling the right time, sure. depending on like how yeah. far away you were. Yeah, there's a number. Any I don't know what what's else. What are the burst damage? Like, huh? uh, what's a diva? <laughs> what's a diva? Anyway, I, don't know. I haven't um, seen one in the whole minute. Christ, I haven't man. seen one. Ask Poco, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> is there is there like a world where like you can low health survive like a Genji blade swipe? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, like if you're if you're insane and you can you can time the zero point four second duration, you're like crazy. <laughs> there are some like very minor. There, there's some crazy things that can happen. Fifty percent damage reduction is a lot. It's so there's a yeah, lot that can happen during that. Um, it's a tight rat. window, which is good. Junkrat, steel trap can move again. Okay, I I I actually had a conversation about with reinforce about this. Okay. And I think he was streaming. He was like, guys, what is the worst ability in the game? They're all brainstorming. And I come and like, I was not one mentioned this. It's easily steel trap. People are saying micro missiles is the worst ability in the game. I'm like, what? I just don't know what you're what? Steel trap is easily the worst ability of the game because in the old beta, you couldn't even lock people in. You couldn't yeah, even no, it would just people. slow you. It was just, it was like a minor inconvenience. Mm -hmm. And even then, like, even, even if it could, I still think it's worse than micro missiles. Like, you got to be joking. Like, come on, what are you talking about? Yeah, Micromissiles is, is, is kind of good. Micromissiles is very good, yeah. Um, Farah. Colossal Blast now deals Honk 30 gives you 30 damage. and more knockback? That seems... I don't know. On direct cool. hits, though. On direct yeah. hits, though. Yeah. So. Rewards. Good play. Makes the button feel funner to bless, I guess. Sim got changed a lot. Sim... Got changed a lot. This is like I didn't play any sim. Granted, I'm not a fucking sim player. Um, but all the people that do play sim are complaining. I don't know. Like they made the right click way more spammable. Yeah. 
but the charge time increased by 20%, which feels bad. Sure. Um, projectile size reduced by 20%. Damage is reduced to 90 damage from 120. Probably a good thing. If you're gonna, if it's more spamble, you don't want to be doing a shitload of damage. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. She doesn't generate ammo when damaging shields anymore. To be fair, there's like barely any shields in the game, mm -hmm. and and I actually respect that because what shields there are, you don't want to just get owned by sim. I think now that because shields are rare, they should be a little bit valuable, and if they just get owned by sim, uh, it feels bad. And then teleport is now like fast. You can stop. You can just build it, send it. It's quick. So. My brain got yeah. stunlocked what the worst ability is, and I feel like Widow Mine is close, right? No. It is one of the... It is close. Really? It is close. I, th I well, think the fact that it gives you sight is good. That's good, but like, tangibly, all it means is the guy hides for a bit, takes some negligible damage, and that's it. I mean, yeah, the, the damage is never... Right? It makes somebody sure. go away for a little bit. It makes somebody yeah. fuck off for a little bit, and that's all it does. I'm cool with that. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, but it's pretty underwhelming. It is it, it's underwhelming. Ability. It's not great, but I don't think it's anywhere near the worst. I think Steel Trap probably is a good shout for being one of the worst abilities. Definitely was before, and the fact that it does root you now makes it slightly better, but sure. I don't know. Maybe Power Block is one of the... Like, legitimately, Power Block might be one of the, one of the worst abilities, straight up. It is actually so bad. Yeah. It needs to block everything. I don't, I, okay, the 80, fact that you can be slept You can, you can it drop it nice. to 80% damage, but how the fuck can you sleep me yeah, during the block? That's, that's fucked up. Like, there's yeah. no way. Come on. Yeah. Give, give me something, guys. Give me something to work with. Yeah, it's, I mean, um, it's, it's a thing to do while you wait for your cooldowns to come up and have fun again, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's the, oh, I don't want to die while I'm waiting for cooldowns, so I'm just going to press this button. Yeah. Take a bit of a nap and then just jump away yeah. or so or whatever. Like <laughs> Yeah. Um some Torbion shit. Who cares? Yeah, no. Um Discord nerfed. To be fair, Discord i from what I've seen in in uh in Owl is pretty nuts right now. Everyone's basically saying, oh Winston kind of sucks because Discord destroys them, so yeah. maybe this maybe this nerf is required. It's just a line of sight nerf. Uh so you can't, you know, it falls off a target after two seconds instead of three now. Uh, Mercy, this is actually a big one. Now, they, they keep they keep doing things with this, like, super jump, and I don't, like, really, I don't know, like, I'm not a Mercy player. It's hard for me to talk about this kind of stuff because I don't, I, I tested it out, like, here's what I did. I played one game of Mystery Heroes, First hero they gave me was a Mercy. I'm like, all right, I might as well test out GA. I did, and really, realistically, all all of the scissors now is you press Shift to jump to an enemy, uh, ally, rather GA, mm -hmm. and at the end of the GA, if you do nothing, it automatically super jumps super you. Super jumps you, yeah. So you have to cancel the GA before it ends if you don't want to do the super jump. The only thing I'm going to say is it feels weird because you shouldn't be canceling an ability to not super jump. When yeah, yeah. you should, it should be the opposite, shouldn't you? It should be the opposite where, like, you should do something to yeah. do the super jump, not cancel something to not do it. It sure. felt fine. <laughs> it felt fine the way it was. I understand, like, wanting to, like, and maybe this isn't the right terminology, but le legitimize it in the eyes of the community. I felt like they could have just left it alone. Yeah. 
and it would have been fine. I I love mechanics that are like skill gates that unlock new dimensions to yeah. characters. It's yeah. like you know, like when you're playing StarCraft, everyone's like looking at the top d- tier build, and you're like, oh, I'm three on uh, three hatch, blah blah blah. Bro, you don't have the macro of a top tier player to support only three hatch on the the economy you're shoving. Like you need the fourth mm. macro hedge, my dude. You're not injecting l- like like the big boys. So, um, like th- in the same sense, why why what was the problem with super jump? Like th- th- it feels like that it was it, like it was hidden cool. from the community. Yeah. If anything, like I mean, okay, but like maybe you should provide like information that this is this thing that people do, even though you probably will get an idea once you have reached a certain level of sophistication that. Some mercies do some shit that you otherwise wouldn't see. Well, you got to dumb it down, man. Like, is this le- because they understandably they're trying to turn a bug into a real ability. I I see it from their perspective. They don't want like a core part of mercy mechanics to be reliant on a bug. I get that. Sure, but they got to do something to like not make it weird to use. Like even if it's like a I don't know make make it like fucking bap jump, yeah. As stupid as that sounds, like mm. charge it up, make it so that like you know press press shift to do GA, and if you want to do a super jump, hold shift down and release it to jump. Sure. Or if you don't want to do a super jump, just fucking tap shift, don't touch anything else. Yeah, mm-hmm. that easy. Yeah. Like surely that's all they got to do. Yeah, I agree. The fact that you have to cancel it. Like you said, I think the the wording makes it like it, it perfectly encapsulates how it probably feels to play. I haven't played you it. Have I to, can't comment on it, but you, you it sounds to, you funky. have to manually cancel this shit just to not jump. Like, why does yeah. it force you to jump afterwards? Like, no ability should. It'd be like if I jumped in on Doomfist and it automatically blocked. And I'm like, no, I have to cancel my jump <laughs> yeah. to not block. It's like, what? Yeah. Just let me choose when I want to do the thing. Don't like do it for me, and I have to block and I have to cancel it. Like that's just so weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Fixed a. I'm just going to talk about this one thing. Okay. Fixed a bug where some pings would display the punch kit icon. I'm going to confirm that this one's a cap. This is a lie because I indeed have seen a ping that include the punch kit icon, and I have no fucking idea how it happened. But somebody did a ping, and it was a punch kit icon. I was like, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Also, that doesn't seem right. So that did not get fixed. The rest of the bugs, I got no idea. I'm not going to talk about them. Since you're the only one that has played, uh, I did you notice in beta one that it did you how to word this? Did you notice that or did it feel like some of the pings like were not very like responsive and like what you were trying to tell the game? Like if I pinged in a general area, I I wanted to like just point people's direction that way, but it would just like snap to like a nearby hero and be like, look, there's a Genji. I'm like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to talk to the Genji. I want to. I want to tell them we should look here. I don't know. I didn't okay. use ping very extensively in Overwatch uh, in the beta one. Okay, okay. I used it somewhat more, yeah, and I am. I'm only using it on support as well. I feel like I never really have time to use pings on the other heroes because sure. I'm too busy. I come real when I'm playing tank and I'm in people's face and I'm dueling. I'm busy. I'm doing shit. Mm-hmm. I'm doing things. I don't have time to think about pings. Yeah. But I'm playing support, so I'm like thinking more about pings because I have more time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I also don't have ping bound to any good buttons. I have my ping bound on middle mouse, which is weird for me. Like, I don't use mm. middle mouse often. Maybe I should rebind it to something else. But my keyboard's, like, kind of full, man. Maybe I'd put it to G or something. My melee is F, so I don't want to change that because I'm used to it now. Mm. Um, melee on F? I don't know. It. Yeah, I'm melee on I think F. mine's on B. I want to... I, no, V feels too far B. away for me. I, I want to I have very quick access to melee. All my games melee is F. Just as, as a note. Um, okay, anything... I'm going to do a little bit of talking about Jungle Queen soon, but anything in these patch notes that you feel like is worth talking about in slightly more detail? Briefly, that is. Slightly more detail? Not really. I feel like a lot of the stuff, like, the far change is interesting. Cassidy, we'll see. It, it seems like a, a nice and eloquent change, giving him a little bit more counterplay to certain abilities, giving people some some nice skill expression um orissa f i felt like i was i was very stunlocked by the headshot immunity removal but like as we go through it i'm like yeah this seems a little a little strong seems kind of good we'll we'll see um still doesn't necessarily provide a lot um at the highest level but maybe it could be a problem at lower levels yeah i don't know it's it's an interesting little mix-up makes the game feel a little bit more fresh i don't know seems good Junker Queen, though. Uh, she seems mm -hmm. fun. Oh, she's fun. She's oh, she very seems like fun. a good time. She is, she is, she is not going to be... This is, what I, this is the thing about Junker Queen. Mm -hmm. She's a good time. But unfortunately, I can't take her home to mom. And the reason, the reason I say that is because I don't think she's going to be good at a pro level. Mm -hmm. So she's a good time for the old quick play. I don't think she's. Uh, I don't think she's owl worthy. She's not. I believe the the uh, correct terminology here is a, a quickie. A quickie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a, a bit of a quickie play. Quick play. Uh, actually, not that quick anymore because they've changed it to unranked. Thank you. So I hope they keep. Yeah. I hope they keep unranked. It's actually good. So good. It's funny though how many people don't know it's unranked and like halfway through you just see people saying GG and they leave. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they think not because they don't not, remember. Sometimes even on my team when we're winning, it's so it's not because they're losing. It's because they just think that's quick. They don't. They don't know it's unranked. They don't right. know that mm -hmm. you play both sides. So they leave thinking the game's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. Um. So first of all, scattergun, pump action shotgun. We finally have, in my opinion, like a good shotgun that I think would work very well in my completely fantastical fabricated Quake Workshop game. Okay. Where I'm like, okay, in my Quake Workshop game, we have a railgun now. Mm -hmm. What would be a good shotgun alternative? I don't think the Reaper ones. But you could do Reaper, but he's got the two shotguns. I don't know if I like the spread. Roadhog. Yeah, I know you can probably just change the spread. Yeah, but then Roadhog is like again. I, I'm 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 talking from a perspective of like you don't touch the weapon. And Roadhog mm -hmm. is a little bit too requires you to be up close, and I don't like the right click for it. Doesn't it doesn't do the whole quake thing? Um. Doom, that's really unappealing. And I think the Scattergun, I think this pump action that she has is just right. I'm like, dude, this is it. This is the one I've been waiting for. So we got it now. We got it. We got almost every single Quake weapon in the game. Yeah. So I'm happy about that. Um, no, it's good. It's, uh, it's accurate. It has better range than the Reaper shotgun, better range than 
Roadhog left click. I think Roadhog okay. right click might be better, maybe. Mm. Um, depending on what range you're shooting it at. Okay. It just feels good. The left click does feel good. Um, six shots, reasonable reload time. The fire rate is pretty slow, though. She does have a very slow fire rate. Okay. I will say that. So you have to be, you know, in terms of timing your shots, I think it's better to do... Quakedown actually has a good combo right now where you basically left click, right click throw your knife, left click again, right click pull your knife back, left click again, use your axe, then left click again for four shots and you get a kill onto anybody, including a tank, if you land everything. Hmm. Um, and they don't get healed. So, yeah, I think there's like... I think the left click timing for the fire rate is such that you can like kind of you're maybe even supposed to intended to weave in your abilities between the shots which i think is reasonable i think that's yeah. kind of cool design mm-hmm. um jagged blade pretty cool skill expression throw a knife pull them back in i don't know if this is the right way to play i'm probably doing this wrong but mm-hmm. i'm often throwing knives just into the mix and my goal isn't to pull somebody in more so i'm just trying to like when I pull the knife back, I just want to hit as many people as possible. Yeah, true. And I'm just trying to do I'm just trying to do poke damage where I throw a knife in, pull it back. You guys, you you know, sever from League of Legends. I'm trying mm-hmm. to do a sever thing where I'm like, you know, I'm trying to hit some dudes on the way back as well. Is what I'm really trying to do here. And when you Maybe, do that, does that apply the wound? It does. Yeah. If it okay. hits anybody and at any point, it applies the wound. Gotcha. But it doesn't pull them in unless you stick it into them with your initial throw. Gotcha. Um. Okay. I think it is better. Obviously, it's better to stick it into somebody, but you deal less team damage because I can. I, if I do it properly, I can throw it into the distance and pull it back and hit like two to three people with it. Mm-hmm. If, if people grouped up in the right place. Um. As I'm talking about these, Eric's just pulling pulling my stats up from my game. Uh, <laughs> I had a sixteen thousand damage Junker Queen game, thirty elims, twelve deaths. That's um, quite a I, lot. I hope With that two, one DPS wasn't there for the entire match. Sixteen no, no, no. k. One that one dude left, uh, but okay. the one other DPS that was with me, I did three thousand more damage than the other yeah. DPS. And that and dude I is playing the other junk red by three thousand damage. Hmm? And that dude is playing junk red, something that farms damage usually, right? Like, yes, mm-hmm. he's playing junk red, which normally farms damage. And by the way, junk red's left click got buffed. It's slightly bigger, I think. Bigger and um, faster. And yeah. I. And I fucking out damage that guy by three thousand, and that's because that I'm I'm trying to do things that deal a lot of damage, like trying to hit multiple targets on a knife mm, recall, yeah. and not necessarily going for hooks. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of targets I can hook. Like all the targets I want to hook are playing really far back anyway, yeah. and trying to hit them with a knife feels really hard. So the only if I'm trying to hook somebody, the only thing I can hook is the other tank, realistically, mm. which I could do, but I don't know. I'm trying to harass the back line a little bit. I think the way that you're doing it definitely has its like use cases. Like imagine starting a team fight with like like your adrenaline rush passive rolling early. Like it, it's probably mm. worth um, yeah, some no. of these neutral fights using it that way. You you gotta use it for survivability first and foremost, right? Yeah, like, I think well, I think the hook to... is pretty hard to like he's saying. It's probably pretty hard to like fish out people. It's probably better to, like clean up team fights with. If like, I the was second. better at the game, I would use it to specifically misplace people to get kills if mm-hmm. i was better at the game mm-hmm. i okay. think i should be doing that right. um but hitting supports hiding the back is really hard i don't know sure yeah because the projectile you has a it's a it's not a fast it is fast but it's not fast enough to just like accurately throw to somebody you have to like kind of predict their movement as well 
Because mm -hmm. there's AD strafing in the back as well. Is there fall off to the arc? Or is there an arc or is it just a straight line? I think there is an arc because one okay. time I tried on King's Row, I tried to throw it into the high ground on yeah. A and it hit the fucking it hit the, it hit <laughs> the, the balcony or the something. Bottom, it hit the yeah. bottom lip instead of actually hitting okay. going through the window. So I think gotcha. it does have a fall off. Mm. Uh, commanding shout, the shift, which gives you move speed and temporary health. Yeah. It's like uh Zarya bubble on a very long cooldown. <laughs> Mm. I end up saving this a lot. I, I don't know. I, I can't afford to be aggressive. I feel like I almost just save this until I really, really need it. And I don't ever spam. The cooldown's long. It's like 13 seconds or 12 seconds or something. Mm. For an Overwatch ability, that's long. Like, I can't spam. I don't even use this out of spawn. Unless I know I'm going to get it back in time, I don't even use this out of spawn to get me into combat. I'd rather run it and have it available, because what will often, often happen is like, if I use it to run to combat and I, and I don't have it up, it's bad. I kind of need this ability a lot. Carnage, yeah, go on. You were about to... Yeah, minor comment on Commanding Shout. Like, I have opinions on it. I'm making content about it. Like, we can talk about that when it comes out. But, like, the visuals of it. Does it make... Like, do you feel that it's obvious that Commanding Shout is, like, active? Because I feel like this is, like, her supplement to having a shield of some sort, right? Like, that she's buffing her allies. Um... Does it Does it signal... Or does it message clearly that, like, we are now going in like type of or is it a little bit more vague okay well the problem is i i promise i don't often go in with it i use it as a defensive ability not an offensive ability okay sure. very rarely do i use this to be like hey let's go in okay more so i'm like let's go in and then if i'm in trouble i'm going to use this to bail myself out sure that works <laughs> is what I do. as long as it's clear I, i'm looking for like overall clarity of like i am now buffed I should uh, I should feel safer I mean, now. You get a lot of green health, and unless okay. you have a brick on your team that's rallying, you if you get yeah. if you get some green health, you're like, well, that's from the shout. Like you just right. know. Okay. Um, sometimes I've used it. Like I see my if I have a Genji and they're trying to blade in, I might use it to help them. Sure. Uh, but most of the time, I'm using it like a defense. I'm playing quite selfishly, to be fair. I think in a proper team environment, fair. you you might want to use it as an engaged tool more often mm -hmm. than not. Um, but I just feel like you know, I she's a very aggressive in your face here that has no damage mitigation this is the only damage mitigation she outside has. of self-healing yeah. so i'm gonna i'm going to really you know try to ration this shit out to make sure i'm gonna have it when i Makes need sense. it i cannot just throw this one willy-nilly mm -hmm. carnage really good ability uh it's big ass axe the damage on the axe is huge by the way i tested in training range oh. on a 200 hp target including bleed damage the axe base damage, but I can't remember what the base damage is. Pretty uh -huh. high. That plus the bleed damage combined is something like 175 to 180. It's a lot. Over... You can nearly... Like a, a certain seconds. amount of time? Okay. Well, the, the, you have to wait for the entire bleed to come through. Right. So it's nearly 200 damage so on like, one ability. Here's my question. How long is the dot? And does it shut down support healing? Does not shut down support healing. Okay. Okay. I'd have to bring up the game to figure out how long the dot is. Mm -hmm. um, yes, it would be somewhere at five seconds. And uh, I don't think, I think it's more like three. If I was to oh, guess. Oh, that? Okay. Memory. Uh, the heal's nice, but when you look at my stats, I healed myself for what, 2,000? That's not much. Yeah, that's... 529. Yeah. Not insane. Like, the heal is not that insane. Okay. Uh, in a 1v1... You're gonna win a one v one off that. I played her in deathmatch as well, and you can. She's a great deathmatch hero, by the way. She, all the self healing is so good for deathmatch. Yeah. So her self sustain is brilliant in that regard. But mm -hmm. like, 
No, it's not something that you're like, oh my god, I'm just gonna be unkillable in a team fight. No, hell no. It's not gonna be the the game changer in team fight in that kind of way. Unless the numbers are low and the damage output on the other team is not high. Um The ultimate, actually pretty strong. I, I want a four V five with that ultimate. So Okay. Do you feel yeah. like I feel like the initial when you see it, again, I haven't played, let me like throw out some caveats. Um Initially, when you look at it, when you see it in action, uh, just from like the trailer, it does seem like the windup is very, it looks like a very big window to be punished. Do you think like after a couple months time, like Rampage does feel a little bit weaker because there is such like a windup to the, the alt cast? It, it is also, it is already really punishable. It's super punishable right okay. now. Okay. Like the windup is so slow. The windup is about, feels like about one to 1. 1.5 seconds. Yeah. Which in Overwatch, when you're doing nothing but winding this thing up, like I've I've had so many situations where me hitting this wind up, this axe swing was was a make or break. But because it right. was because the wind up is there, I just died. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like. So by the way, this the the bleed is roughly three seconds. I think. Okay. And the um aggressive the. The carnage, the the axe swing, initial damage is about 90, 80 or 90 damage. That's pretty front. high. That's front. not bad at all. Then like another, you know, like it does 175-ish overall, right? So like another right. 80 bleed damage on top of the initial swing. How big would you say like the damage radius is for carnage? Like, how big is the, or how long is the cone? Maybe is the better question. Your entire screen, your entire screen. Okay. So if someone's on, uh, let's just see. If someone's on the, yeah, if someone's on the edge of their screen, and, but you can still see their body clearly, you'll hit them. Okay. So you can definitely hit multiple people with this, but hmm. they have to both be, they have to all be in melee range and they have to be within your LOS. So like a sizable people, wind up to it? Yeah. People also use the wind up, by the way, to like, Fuck your LOS and try and get out of your LOS, which means like trying to follow them with this axe mid swing means you uh, can miss. Yeah, but um, but usually what it means is you won't you won't cleave a bunch of people because everyone kind of scatters when they hear the wind up. The wind sure. up sound is very noticeable. Um, yeah, the shotgun's like kind of nice, but you have to again the spread is. Better than Reaper, but still, you're not gonna, you're not fragging people with this like super, super long range. Question for you, and I don't, I, I don't know. I'm just gonna fish for it. Maybe somebody has seen something or has had this question answered for them. Do we know if Nano Boost affects the damage over time effect? I don't know. <clears throat> not entirely sure on that. It'd be an interesting one, but yeah, just throwing it out there. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Oh, she loses hard to Anna, by the way. She gets o Omega sure. soft by yeah. Anna. I would imagine that's like a, uh, a natural counter. I get all the puppies hate Anna because she's so good, but... Yeah, I mean, look. Her entire ultimate just gets clapped by one Bionade. Let's imagine you are... Like... Junk Queen's ultimate... By the way, my first time ever using Junk Queen's ultimate, I fell off the map because I didn't know what the range was. I just <laughs> flew off the map. Right. <laughs> Tried to save a team fight and I flew off the map. Um But yeah, like it, it does a lot and it heals you for a shitload because you're hitting a, long, a bunch of people. The the AoE is massive. It's like a dragon strike, you know. 
Um, but if you take a purple at any point and you just stop all that healing, you just die because now you're in the back line. You're like inside the enemy team. Mm -hmm. You can't heal off your ultimate anymore. You simply die. Yeah. So and it like destroys this hero. Yeah, it makes sense. Hmm. I sometimes wonder if this hero, like the conception of it and what it does was like designed to like with the idea, because if you think about how long Junk Queen has been around, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you are trying to solve an issue that you're facing at the time, then and then it no longer is an issue, you still might be designing around that or it's still part of the core component. There's a lot sure. to say. Maybe they thought of something that could help with goats. If that makes sense. This Maybe. I, I feel like you're like locking into Rampage, I'm guessing. I mean, much of it, right? Uh, if I'm going to be honest, this feels like it would be great with goats. No? I mean, this hero was specifically designed for 5v5, so yeah. Goats is way out of the conversation by the time we're talking about sure. her design. I feel like there were certain aspects that they liked about her when they initially like drew her up, I would guess, but yeah, they, they've been very publicly like, yes, this is like we have designed her in the post 5v5 world. Yeah, but you know, I, I get again, what you're saying, though. Like, that that doesn't necessarily, like, that. it can be true that you're designed, like, this hero is... When did we hear first time from her? Was it 2019? Junk, yeah, Junker Town release. Like in the lore? Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe the entire yeah, kit yeah. just came to be when 5v5 was just locked in. In my mind, it's like, you can have... Okay, maybe... I'm German. Please uh, d d take that into account when I use this word. But I feel like there's still the simulacra or the ghost in that kit of what it might have been prior to this 6v6. Uh, Maybe. I don't even know if they had a kit all the way back then. I'm pretty sure she was just the concept art for a very long time. Yeah. I'd have to imagine they had some ideas, but nothing like concrete or even... I mean, 6v6... Has been locked in for like a year or something, right? At five v five, yeah. I mean, no, that's not true. I'm old and my time perception works differently, but like one and a half or something. Something I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. I I get what you're saying, though. It just doesn't seem to line. The, the biggest up. question will be like, can she? F so the answer is going to be somewhat of a no here. Can she fit Al and all that kind of stuff? This will be the final conversation, Jug and Queen, before we move on. Um, my biggest problem is that she's basically like a good Roadhog. It's like, yeah. how could they make Roadhog into a good hero? Boom, Jug and Queen. That's how they make Roadhog into a good hero, mm -hmm. just straight up. Mm. Um, congratulations, Roadhog is now viable. <sighs> does Let's really go. good. She, like, you know, is, is, is cool. Gameplay is fun. Um, but she just can't mitigate damage. She, is, yeah. she has... Azaria bubble on the world's longest cooldown, and yeah, it gives your team some HP. It's nice. People are always like, "Oh man, can you imagine a three hundred H, a two hundred fifty HP tracer with this thing?" It's like, bro, you're not even tracer. Yeah. Like, tracer doesn't even exist with her in, in the no. same lineup. You can't even justify that combination of heroes. 
Um, I, maybe I the Reaper. S- I, think, yes. I think she'd be kind of busted with a Reaper walk running up. Yes. You know, but other than that. I have some interesting things I would like to see tried at like a pug level um, and, and getting some feedback on some some ideas. But yeah, I think like barring a few very, very flat and choke heavy maps, um, Junker Queen's probably not going to see too much. Too much play, I would guess. The one thing I just will say. Ryan. Yeah, just Ryan. Ryan just just plays Aria like they 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 seem a little bit more um team oriented yes i think commanding shadow is a very very potent ability and one that they're going to have to keep a very close eye on but um a lot of people do her job better um and more often like you said it's problem is you can't rotate you can't rotate with her it's just like okay in in a situation where maybe in a simcom where you just all tp in you just shout your way in correct yes but other than that like you just you walk around the corner, you just eat shit, you, you just, take so much damage. Yeah. And you can't mitigate. I spend half my gameplay turning around so I can't get headshot. Mm-hmm. I spend half my gameplay shooting, throwing knives, and then when I'm waiting for cooldowns, I'm literally facing my own team with my back to the enemies just so I'm not eating shit. Yeah. That's half my gameplay on this era because she just doesn't have ways to stop herself from dying. I, I, I use cover a lot. I have to like hide mm-hmm. all the time. I throw knives and then hide and then pull people in and try and get a cheeky shot into them and stuff. Like it's true. I, I, I spend a lot of time not being in combat. And w- when I am in combat, I need my, my supports have to be up my ass. Like yeah. she, she hogs resources. She requires so much pocketing mm-hmm. and so much resources to, to, to actually handle herself. Cause like, it- yeah. Yeah, in like a 5v5 world where like, you know, we've mentioned previously, I think Jessica brought this up on this show recently, um, you know, tanks dictate the style that you play and it is a very, very important pick and Junker Queen just doesn't seem like she's able to facilitate very, very high level team play all that much. What I will appreciate the devs for is I think Jagged Blade is a fucking amazingly designed Mm. ability. I think there's so much utility in it. I think there's different ways to like express skill. There's different like decision making you know checks and balances that you can have i would love to see this on like a dps like fast moving like genji style hero where you're like hitting people with knives pulling them in throwing them out like it it seems like there's different modes to the ability i think Mm. that's so so cool like the fact that it also like augments your quick melee that's cool too like it's it's really cool really well designed she is one of the highest damage dealing tanks though for sure. sure like yeah, she's she's the type of tank that can keep up with and overtake DPS damage. Mm. She is like the definition of fat DPS. Sure, which is ironic because she's fit as fuck, but she's the she is like the quintessential trademark definition of fat DPS. She is literally everything she does might as well be a DPS toolkit, mm-hmm. all on a tank character. I think that's why she feels fun because yeah. it feels like you're playing a DPS hero, but you have a lot of HP. Mm-hmm. So I am all for it. Yes, I think that in a lot of ways, I think maybe even looking at, and this is going to sound real dumb, um, but I think maybe even having like another Zenyatta-esque support where it's just like, yeah, I'm a support, but like, I feel like I'm a DPS. I feel like my my big What's way I support the team. Was that <laughs> meme of like a doctor like with a gun? It's like, uh, it's like, I'm a healer, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, times what is it again oh i can't remember the meme i'm a healer but dot 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 and he's like this doctor mm. cocking a gun or something anyway i feel like all we're right. due for something like that yeah all righty let's move on
Um, very quick talk about Huck, and then we'll move on because I did preview this. Yeah, but we've uh, we've spent a long time on other things now, so let's move things along. Huck's gone. Sad. Just got the uh, link. Let me bring up the link. Wow, I, and I thought Huck was going to be on Boston forever. I thought he was going to, you know. I thought he. I thought he'd never. You know, just like Bobby Kotick seems to not be able to let go of Blizzard. I mm. thought um I thought Huck was here permanently, he was here for life. Yeah. Effective today, the Boston Uprising have decided to part ways with President and General Manager Chris Huck Loringer. Chris has been the face of Boston Uprising since inception, and we are grateful for his contributions to the team. While this was a difficult decision, the Boston Uprising Oxygen Esports holds competitive viability as our North Star and believe this change is the best for the long term direction of the organization. We wish Chris all the best in his future endeavors. Moving forward, assistant general manager. Uh, I'm not going to say his name, just Mineral. This is a very difficult Swedish name. We'll operate as interim GM as we look to readdress our roster and build for the future. Well, fans, thank you for your continued support. Boston is a city of champions. We strive to put a project in the field that makes our fans proud. Signed by Boston Uprising. So we don't even know who wrote this. I'm going, to, I'm going to guess that Robert Kraft did not write this. Yeah, Maybe his son did. So, I think a va- I th- someone on Plagia joked that Mineral wrote this. <laughs> Uh, the line that I want to focus on is you already know which one it is the Boston Uprising and Oxygen Esports hold competitive viability as our North Star and believe this change is best for the long term direction of the organization what the hell does that mean I I think the like immediate knee jerk like reverse engineering is they assumed that Huck was not fit to make Boston competitively viable. I don't know how that makes sense. Wait, why? what are you guys confused about? I feel what does like, competitively viable mean? Yeah, Not, was, 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 was Huck mean? sabotaging the team? Was he like... No, making... but like, you have a mid-tier budget. You should have mid-tier yeah. results. You have bottom-tier results right now. Right. So why are they why are they doing this to Huck now? Why wouldn't this happen in the off season? Because like probably this team has been increasingly more invested, giving out bigger salaries, having bigger sure. rosters, like going fully uh, Korean and or like giving the coaches whatever they needed to, increasing like I think. We definitely have to get out this idea that this is a budget team. It, it absolutely isn't. At this point, yeah, no, it's not. So, how is it not? If I feel like it's straightforward, you had a stage with increased budget to demonstrate that this increased budget is well situated. You haven't delivered results in three seasons. That's sure. I think that that's. That's where it's confusing, and I, I won't speak for Avril, but that's where it's confusing for me, is that, it, yes, the Boston Uprising this season have bottom-tier results. In terms of, like, form, I would say that they are very firmly a mid-tier team. Like, I think they are not anywhere near the New York Excelsior, but I think they compete with Justice Mayhem Toronto, you know, those those teams. Those yes, are bottom-tier teams. Sure, if you want to create a, if you want to just remove a complete third tier, and you just look at the league as like two tiers, then sure. No, I huh? suppose. What? 
there's top tier teams, which is like the top three, maybe top two. Then there's teams that will qualify for playoffs, and then there's the rest. Okay, then yeah, there's okay, a lot this, of shit teams. This team is not on playoff course. Does this justify getting rid of Huck though? This just seems like still extreme. And it's like if you didn't, if you if you no longer trust Huck to build you a good team, yeah. so this seems like something you would do in the off season. Like, yes. okay, our season's over. We lost our playoffs. Huck's gone now, so we can prepare mm -hmm. for the next season. It's weird that this happens now. Yeah. And the way I read into it, if I was to really try and read into this, is like they're concerned that Huck staying right now would impact their competitive strength or whatever. Which is like, what does that mean? Is like, is is he dragging the team down? Currently, actively, you know, what does all that mean? Yeah, it is. I, I don't know. Crazy. I feel like you, that you, you can put it on the general manager to readjust uh, mid-flight, right? And like, if if the leaks are true about like them bringing in new players, I can't imagine that was that that was necessarily about uh, mm -hmm. like the hugs decision or whatever. Um, I don't know. Like, it, just just thinking, right? You have. Good results in season one on a low string, low budget. The business case for more budget is arguable, always. You, in the following three seasons, you don't have any meaningful success. Correct. The general manager argues that they found, um, like niches or inefficiencies in the market in season one couldn't do so the seasons afterwards and then says in order for me to once again be one of the top teams i need an increased budget they give you the budget and it, the, the the results stay the same then the person in charge has to go and I don't think anybody's like, disagreeing with that it's just the timeline of when that decision why, is made. why why would you throw more if anything, like, I'm getting rid of Laurie as well. I mean, I don't disagree, but do you do that in the middle of yes, the season? Yes, absolutely. It makes more sense. It makes more sense to target the coaching position midseason, like KDG, than yes. it does to target the GM. Yeah. Because there's very little now, unless Huck's literally in the training room, like, fucking telling people what to do, like, telling the players how to play the game, and yeah. going over Laurie's head, that would be, that would, that would be like, okay, now you're fucking with our competitive strength, you know, you, you're, mm -hmm. like, screwing with those kind of things in terms of what are they what are they saying him? Uh, competitive, competitive viability. viability. If you're screwing with our competitive viability if Huck is doing something to sabotage the game or the or the team in the game. Which it so doesn't like, seem like that was the case because no. everybody came out, or at least two people have come out and, and with like very positive yeah. reviews. No, I don't think um, there's anything like this. I think it also makes perfect yeah. sense to to remove the person that makes all the decisions. In terms of personal, unless unless you were concerned with them making more decisions that would go would, would harm the team, no, you need someone like, with new decisions, and you need to change now? everything now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, it's failing. What is, mineral, what is mineral going to do? What is I, mineral going to do now I, that Huck yes, wasn't able to do this yet? I don't disagree that things are bad now, but it, yeah, I, I I side with that. Bro, like, what are we I, really going to do? The trajectory right now is that they don't make plans. Sure. No, so this is not sure. This is radical change. We now like the boat is sinking, and you guys are like, oh, "What yeah, is a let's, new GM gonna do? What is another GM gonna do to change that?" Right everything, now? everything different. Just fucking rip it all down. This is the situation where you should do it. Make it a hybrid roster. Fire some players. Get some new players in. 
It's it's nine past five, guys. Like Vancouver Titans will conceivably become uh, come better. This is three fourths through the season, by by the way. Like that sure. over the half the season, you you probably need like like seven wins, eight wins to qualify for play-ins. Uh, I would imagine uh, okay. probably less, maybe. Yeah. Like you are halfway there, but other teams below you are making moves and are reasonably. Um, like going to pass you up if you fall further behind. Mm -hmm. This this is not so a situation. Unless, unless Mineral is immediately about to make some moves, I don't see what what. But changes. he is so, right. We've heard a rumor of and player. I could even tell you which player that is. Seeker was the rumor yeah, player. Sure. I don't even know how good Seeker is. So I, I don't know. I don't know. But like you can't Seeker's keep going. Legit. I, I agree. I don't I, I, I think we all agree that the trajectory that Boston is on, you can't necessarily continue that way and expect a good season. I just don't know if you can really pivot enough to make a difference. And I don't think you that need just to adding try. more players. You can't just lie down and say like, yeah, London might have half our budget, but like whatever. Yeah, I Tough luck don't next disagree. Season. Again, I, I agree. I just don't. I think your hands are kind of tied unless you are quite literally shipping everybody back home and signing a new coaching staff tomorrow. I mean, it, I don't think it's a uh, player question. It's it's a problem of availability, I, I think, for sure. Agreed. Right. But once again, like, why would I employ someone that hasn't delivered on these results or isn't maybe isn't even su well suited towards uh, creating systems. Like, where Huck had success is finding inefficiencies in the system sure. on low budgets. We haven't seen him succeed on medium budgets or maybe slightly higher budgets than that. Like, hmm. it, that's not to say that Huck can never have a GM job in this league. It, it, like, Agreed. he just needs to demonstrate it. Maybe even, like, a change of scenery makes sense there. But... Like, why would you run that system when it has so provably not worked out for you? And so, especially if you had a budget increase and your mm -hmm. season starts out with, like, you're being promised mid-tier results at least, or maybe top-tier results. Sure. Which I assume you have to think, because, like, you want to outperform. That's the entire Patriots brand is about outperforming uh, resources. You are underperforming yeah. resources right now. This is not acceptable. You got to get rid of the the person that's responsible for this. Is how I, I'm reading I think the, what what's what this is saying. The better and and I again, I won't speak for Avro, but I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. It just makes no sense to me as of why you would do that now. Because would you, you could, not no. cut him in the preseason no, to you create a new system to provide exactly what you're talking about to their because ML. you didn't their no, vision is to provide better results than the resources. Because why are you giving somebody who has not provided you any results in three seasons like you've previously because you mentioned, didn't give them the resources that you did this season. So you give them resources for two stages and then go mm, no you're shit I gotta go like huh? it, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And then sign again. You're you're creating a a impossible situation unless you are quite literally torching everything, which I don't believe that's going to be the case. I would love it to because I think I agree. If there was something radically different about this team, they probably would find success. Maybe in the long term, maybe not in the short term, but the long term. 
But logistically, unless you're boldface telling me they're signing a new coaching staff and going completely mixed, more so than they are now, because obviously they are, I don't see anything changing. I get like wanting to signal yeah, but, change. Uh, like, I, I, I don't understand why, it, like you'd much rather try, like how much worse can it get? You'd much rather try something else in a losing position than this. Like you, all the training wheels are off now. Like the, the, there's no reason to keep trying. And the difference, some... the difference is why you can't make it in the offseason is because there has been, as far as I can tell, a transformative change in their payment structure and they're not delivering the results. Yeah. I would need to say, I would need to see some pretty major changes coming on through to justify this. Um, the timing only makes sense if Mineral's about to do some big shit right now or they're about to yes. sign a new GM. Why though? Uh, like because if, otherwise, it's it, it almost can't get worse. It can't stay the same, or it can get better. And the difference is that you're paying someone worse. probably a six-figure I, I mean, I income for so diff not making a difference. It can get worse. It yeah. depends. Is is Huck really negatively affecting the team that much? If he's really screwing the team that badly, then then yeah, get rid of him. No, but no. otherwise, I don't see how it would. I I don't see. I'm not not. I I don't think that follows. I think if you're not making any impact or even just slightly positive impact, that's not mm. worth the salary that you're if paying your guy. If he's getting in the way, then yeah, get rid of him. If he's, if he's doing something that's getting in the way of progress, no. then for sure. No, you but get him out of the way even if he is a net mild positive. For the chance of having more also valued against the salary you're paying nuclear. them. That seems extremely nuclear and I don't know how I feel about that's, that. Uh, that's the only salient business position you can have. You're not paying someone six figures for b bringing slightly more value to a situation. Sure, I think I, I get that. Like, I see that. It just, yeah, I don't know. It, it, this feels like a and I'm, late. And once again, I, I don't know. Maybe they will now absolutely crumble because this guy, for all we know, had the team culture on his back. And I'm also sure. inclined to believe that he was definitely like good to work with the last couple of seasons, making mm -hmm. a lot. Like once again, like this guy is the only one still believing in like the tier two system, having like a, sure. you know, that type of stuff is commendable at the same time like where the results you got to bring those results and Laurie needs to get the fuck out of here as well he had enough I, chances you will not hear me disagree there i think again these are all moves and that they feel also very late. had enough resources Lori before huck i yes. should have targeted Laurie before huck in my opinion so that's kind of sure I like. but i i think that's, seems that's like a weird to go after the gm in this situation when i i would say that the, the head coaches are far more responsible for performance of the team than the GMs, unless the GMs straight up sign wrong players. I mean, it, it also and, depends and doing that. what kind of a vision you can continue to sell, I, uh, I imagine. If you, sure. like, just imagine you're the owner of a business and it's not even a sports business, and this guy goes, mm -hmm. so, so even if he's your golden boy, like, early on in your business, like, he delivered something that you didn't think was possible. So then, mm -hmm. second season, okay, you can say, like, you know, you can't bring it every season, and once again, like other teams get better. That's fair. S third season so, rolls around, or gonna, uh, third year rolls around. Like, yeah, that's like I, I gotta give him to, the benefit um, of the uh, of the doubt. Fourth season, where where no, there, there's no viable. Too, 
getting a little too speculative here, so I think it's time to move on because there's there's not more that we can really discern out of this because there's no further statement of any other detail that has been made or I think will ever get made at this stage. So yeah, sure. I, I think we kind of reached the, the end point of where we can go on this. Um, could be for a number of reasons. We're getting into like real speculatory yeah. hell now. So um, let's run through. Let's do a quick recap of some things. Uh, I'm going to just, unfortunately, recap this week is probably going to end up being shorter just because of our time. And we've spent a lot of time talking about sure. other things. And we're gonna do we're gonna do a recap. Then we're gonna do uh, a couple of different pathways for teams, and then probably end it after that. And then you'll see our next episode of the previews as well. So let's just do uh, two quick discussions of previews: one APAC, one NA. I'll start. I'll I'll leave the APAC one because I'm I'm sure. I'm already ready to do that. Um, APAC had their first week, mm-hmm. so everyone now has basically played their first two games in APAC. Um. Biggest storylines from my perspective are the fact that Fusion are down 0-2, and they've lost against two teams they probably should have beaten, mm-hmm. and two teams that now are two of the weaker teams in the APAC region as well as far as standings goes, which means their next four games are fucking hard. Mm-hmm. So when I when I said earlier, like, yeah, Fusion stage is not likely to improve too much, it's because you look at their schedule... The three top APAC teams that they also had to face and were also in the, the tournament last stage are still there to be played. Spark, Seoul, and Shanghai are all there. Now, you could say, you could easily say, okay, well, Shanghai don't look particularly good. Fusion have a winning record versus Shanghai, by the way, 6-0 in maps. They haven't lost a single map to Shanghai this year, this entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, we can say those things, but... I don't know if, how much do you trust Fusion to beat Shanghai when they're fucking losing to Chengdu and Valiant? Yeah, yeah. not, not now, very much. Granted, Chengdu played very well, and Valiant also had a great comeback as well. But, and yeah, Shanghai are kind of weak at the moment. But, you know, we, Moon released a statement on an interview recently where they want to do some pretty drastic things with swapping people in their roster and trying some other shit out. So, Shanghai are on the recovery. They just got blasted out week one, lost right. 0 2. They're on the path to recovery now where they're trying to address issues. And so the problem ends up being no matter what, you're going to see a better Shanghai next week. Sure, because it can't mm. really get worse for Shanghai. Uh-huh. They've, they've kind of, as far as I'm concerned, I think they've kind of hit rock bottom. You can't really get worse mm-hmm. than Shanghai's opening weekend, which means now, and to be fair to Shanghai, they did have to play the two best teams in APAC as well. Sure being Seoul and Hangzhou, so I'll give that to them. They've done the opposite of Fusion. Fusion lost yeah. to two of the worst teams. Shanghai lost to two of the best teams. Shanghai didn't get a single map. They got fucking destroyed by both Seoul and Hangzhou. Mm. Not even close. But, but now that they're facing quote-unquote weaker teams, and now they're on their upswing, I expect them to be a bit stronger. Maybe they're not strong enough to beat Fusion. If you want to huff some extremely good Fusion copium, mm-hmm. you could say that Shanghai maybe are still not going to be good enough to beat Fusion even on their upswing. But I'd say that based on what we saw from Fusion last week, it's it's not looking great for Fusion unless they are also on their own upswing, which they could be. But unfortunately, their upswing is timed with having harder games, whereas Shanghai's upswing is timed with having weaker games. Yeah. I think what really weaker stuck out... Rather. Weaker opponents, I may just say. I think for me, and maybe you can comment on this, um, obviously, you know, having casted the APAC games, uh, what really stuck out to me for Shanghai... 
uh, is that they kind of have identified what the meta is, but are not necessarily mega comfortable in terms of running it. What really stuck out in the Seoul Shanghai game, one that was not very close, one that we expected to be close, wasn't very close, uh, was that King's Road defense um, from Shanghai, where like voids like off in a corner, like in alley, kind of like playing the Doom, waiting to try to engage, never really gets to have a chance to, and they just kind of free cap the point. Like they never really pulled the trigger. There was never really a dive. There was never a collapse for those, those positionings to like warrant any kind of like that to me signals like it's a it's a weird body language that signals like, okay, like after a certain condition is met, we're gonna jump in and we're gonna try to win the team fight. We're gonna engage, right? It never really seemed like it happened. It seemed like he was kind of waffling about an alley, kind of jumping across back into catwalk, and then there's just a Zari on the point that just well, wins the game. Shanghai, well, Moon came out in the interview and said, like, yeah, mm -hmm. we're lacking leadership in our uh yeah, it feels like it. like people that we're we're like kind of waffling around and no one's yeah. everyone's reacting and no one's being active and we're not doing things, which is such a mm -hmm. weird thing to hear out of the Shanghai camp because last year all we saw is them being sure. super fucking proactive, very fast around the map. I said that last year watching their games, they didn't waste a single day, no. not a single second, not a single step. Everything they did had such extreme purpose. They were the fastest team, most well coordinated team, and. All of that stems from the fact that, you know, every movement they made mm -hmm. was some sort of play towards some sort of strategy, towards some sort of overall goal. Yes. And there was no, there was just no wasted ability usage by the Shanghai mm -hmm. Dragons. Everything they did was purposeful. Now, it's 180. It's like, every, they just, they are waffling. They just, everything they do just feels like it doesn't have a purpose. Um, and on top of that, I, I, I don't even think, I think they're also underperforming individually. Sure. I think Flitta looked weak. I think Lip looked particularly weak. For someone that was like people were clamp, and I'll, I'll be straight, I was part of that train as well. I even started that train. And I've, I'm the conductor for most of these trains, don't forget. Um, for someone, for a lot of people that are clamoring for Lip to be MVP last year, he's fucking looking pretty atrocious Quiet. in this current meta. Yeah. He was very good on Soldier in Kickoff Clash, but now yeah. he even publicly said, well, not publicly, but he, you know, in the in the sort of DMs, the Jimmu that ended up going uh, into the public because mm -hmm. Jimmu was streaming. Lip was like, yeah, my surgeon bad. I'm like, I feel bad for him because I know he's struggling and he's stressing out about it. Yeah. But also, like, yeah, to be honest, he's not wrong. It is statistically bad. It's yep. on the eye test, not good. You look at his stats as well, it's at the bottom. Did of he all not the surgeon plays in APAC? He's he's literally at the fucking bottom. Did he he's not bad. play like a considerable amount of Ash too? Like it, did it not feel like, that's like a problem? A, yeah, you shouldn't no. be playing Ash. That's yeah. that's a key indicator of weakness. Yeah. If you are in this meta and you're like, so there's Sojin available, I might just go play Ash. That means mm -hmm. you're fucking, that means you're behind. That means you're like, you're not good. It means you're not good at the good hero. That's yeah. like, that would be like in the last meta, right? Kickoff Clash, go to, go in time, go in time mm -hmm. machine, go to the past, play Kickoff Clash, and some dude rocks up, he's like, I might just play Cassidy instead of Soldier. You're like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, you would be fucking crazy. You'd be a fucking insane to want to play anything but Soldier last stage as a hit scan. That's and the same now with Sojin. If you're trying exactly. to play anything that's not Sojin, you're just doing it wrong. You're fucking it up. Yeah. And anybody who's like, oh, well, APAC played Cassidy and Ash last stage, it's like, yeah. And then look at the playoffs. Look at they exactly what Soldier. was wrong. They all played Soldier. Like they found out real quick that Soldier is kind of busted, right? Um, and most teams now, it feels very comfortable, even though I will say, I think. Much in the same way that we saw Ash last stage from APAC, I think we are still seeing a little bit of it. 
for reasons that feel a little bit more unbeknownst to me because Sojourn does feel just like the odds on best pick at the moment, much like Soldier did. And we should see more Sojourn and less Ash as the Sage progresses. Um, and yeah, I, 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 th- I think I'm going to really lean on this idea that like Shanghai has a good idea of what to do. They just have a really tough time executing it. They have, a, I think moon hits the I mean, nail on the head. They have next to no leadership. You see a mid gameplay lips on at on yeah. Sojin. He starts on Sojin, then halfway through he changes yes. to Ash. I mean, that's like, like I feel like most, I'm not getting impact. Let me swap. That is like the clearest evidence of somebody being like, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I'm fucking I'm fucking doing nothing right now. I gotta change. Yeah. You know, that's the clearest indication of that. That is I mm-hmm. what so it's not even a strategic level, even on an individual mechanical level, it's mm-hmm. not good. And people will say, like, yeah, but, you know, the pros haven't had time to play Sojin, and, like, there's no yeah. ranked, and there's no ban. I'm like, okay, so how the fuck does Shy do it? Yeah. How the hell is Fitz and Stalker doing it? How's Kai mm-hmm. doing it? What's what's your excuse for those guys? Like, I'm sorry, but everyone's playing under the same circumstances. You could, you could probably, okay, here's the bone I'll throw them. Yes, Shanghai had the lockdown in Shanghai. They had the, the, the internet sure. issues. All valid. All completely valid. Mm-hmm. But... Can I also say, and this is the part that's going to blow your mind, Shanghai played better last stage with those problems than they are playing now without them. They didn't even have fucking cams last stage. Shanghai nearly beat the champions last stage. In fact, they were probably favored to beat Seoul. They nearly, if it wasn't for the fucking profit clutch on Lighthouse, Shanghai would have been in the fucking finals, wouldn't they? And who knows, maybe they would have won the finals. Who knows? Mm -hmm. My point is, Shanghai were championship caliber Last stage, just one fucking stage ago, on Soldier, Lip was dominating on Soldier. Yep. They nearly beat Soul, who ended up being the champions. One fucking pulse bomb difference, literally. Yep. So, how is it possible that Shanghai, during the kickoff clash, with all the internet issues, mid they were literally in lockdown, couldn't leave their training facility. One internet line, 200 megabits per second, one internet line. People couldn't even fucking use any device. When the match was on, every device had to be off the internet. Only the five computers playing the game could be connected to the internet. No fucking webcams, nothing. And yet somehow they play better in that meta under those circumstances than they are playing now. So I don't buy that fucking excuse. I'm sorry, I do not buy it because they play better last stage with the Mm -hmm. issues that they're playing now without. It's, It's a strategic underperformance they do not execute well again i'll harken back to the king's row the defense was bad the offense was a miracle that it was as clean as it was because to me all that signaled is i let's let's roll out on low ground and hope we get picks they got picks cool like i there is a not too distant universe where that shanghai offense like on king's row against Soul dynasty gets full full hold and it's not close like the macro from Shanghai was was very questionable on that map in particular. I, I can't speak for the rest of them. It did not kind of it didn't it never sh- like stuck out on King's Row. It felt like it did. It feels like they they I have identified the compositions that work this this patch, this stage, but like they do not understand how they work nor how they should work on some of these. Maps. I um I have one more grievance to air about Shanghai. When does Yiska want to come in now or after I've <laughs> my grievance, my next grievance? I think I would just be in uh, in mild defense, playing defense for Shanghai a little bit. But So if you want okay. to have more to pile on. Pads on, on then, buddy. Get the pads on. I'm, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to swing. 
Um, there's been a community narrative. Fuck these, these. This is where I'm getting tilted. I always get tilted at these. That people, I, I get, I, I understand. People are trying to make sense of the situation. They're trying to figure out why part of Shanghai suck right now. You know, so I'm seeing all these excuses on the internet. Here's one excuse that I'm not, I don't buy this one either. So I've talked about the whole internet thing and why, like, that doesn't work for me. Let me talk about the other thing that people keep saying. And they use this for Dallas as well, to my annoyance. They'll say, oh, Shanghai and Dallas are the most effective teams by the 5v5 change. They just don't look good without their second tank. They're, they're a team that needs their second tank. They can't play with one tank. So I'm 50-50 on Well, I'm actually not. But I'll, I'll throw a bone. Here's, here's the olive branch I'll extend. Technically and hypothetically, that could be true. But at the same time, I don't fucking buy it because how does every other team do it? You can't tell me. Look, here's, here's where you are. Here's where people are correct. They did do better with two, two tanks. In a, in a 6v6 meta, when you have two amazing tanks who are working together well, you are getting a lot. That is true. But do those, are those players just individually bad? Are you saying that Hanbin, Fearless, Void, Fate are just individually fucking shit? Can't be, because Hanbin still dominated last stage. Um, I would say, I don't know if I'd say that Void and Fate dominated, but they certainly didn't look as tragic last stage. Okay, you know, Fate did a few funny moments. Okay, we remember when sure, he entered on yeah. Eichenwald on a 5 HP. I, you know, I called that one out already. I don't think they were awful. Mm -hmm. So you can't tell me that these teams suddenly, what, you, they just forgot how to play Overwatch, now there's only one tank, like Void and Fate, just like, uh, uh what, what do, uh, don't know how to play, uh, one tank, like, what, what happened, they just fucking lose brain cells, what, how the fuck, how, explain to me this, you, you, you motherfuckers with this narrative, explain to me this, how is Bernard better in this meta than Void is now, mm -hmm. how's that possible? Put these, put these players in a 1v1, put these players in a situation where you compare them one-on-one, -on -one. Who's the better tank? You're going to tell me Void. You will tell me Void. Why do you think it's Void? You'll give me all the reasons why you think it's Void. So now tell me how the fuck you think this narrative works, where Burnout is now better than Void, and you're like, oh, but, you know, uh, Fate. Uh, it's like, what? So, these other tanks, who are factually worse than Void and Fate, mm -hmm. who played worse in 6v6, are suddenly miles better in 5v5, but you're telling me these players that are better than Burner are now worse than Burner, even though they're better than Burner. Yeah. Do you see where I'm going with this? This doesn't make any sense, does it? You can't tell me that the oh, well, they're so negatively affected by and and what? Are no other tanks? Is, is, this only applies to Shanghai and Dallas, does it? That's a little. That's a little bit. A little bit inconvenient. But to be honest with you, it's very convenient. You say that about only these two teams. The two best teams from last year. You're telling me. You're telling me that what Sashin is now a fucking god tier Zarya because of five v five. And Void is fucking poo. Is that what you're mm -hmm. trying to tell me? Is that what? Oh, Hanbin. Oh, no. He, he's so bad in 5v5. Just factually not correct. So you can't even... You, like, Hanbin just disproves, just disproves that theory straight away. How is that even an accurate thing to say? It's such a weird thing to say. And then Plat Chat, like, said, I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is just not accurate. This is just not real. This is not real life, guys. This is like, oh, they're worse. They, they just don't know how to play. Fuck off. That's not correct. Unless these people literally forgot how to fucking play the game, it's not correct. No. You wanna? It is a little bizarre. You wanna? I think I have a deadbeat argument that makes the the whole point whole, and that is, 
the practice situation is shit. Everyone else has to deal with the same stuff. Or do they? Mm -hmm. Who did Shanghai play this first opening week? Two best Seoul teams. Hangzhou. The two best teams. Ah, who yeah. did they probably scrim against? All the worst teams. And Philly. How good was Philly? Pretty bad. All their practice sucked dick. Yes, I think. How do you explain? How do you explain individuals being bad on their own? Yeah. I mean, because they're not individually challenged, and also, like, I have complete. Like, Sorry, but like you, there's whether they're being individually challenged or not. It's like they're just not hitting shots. They are not clicking sure. the buttons on the bad mans on the screens good enough, statistically speaking. But, that has nothing to do with the level of their opponents. You could be playing against fucking bots, and if you're simply missing, you're missing. That's straight sure. up. Sure, but does like something like this falling apart so quickly? Does that not indicate something bigger is going on? Yeah, I don't. Again, I I think there is something to the idea that like they had really poor practice coming into the stage. Um, but I think it's a compound issue. I don't think it's just that. I think they are underperforming. I think there are bigger things like leadership, like communication, like confidence, being at an all time low because of a lot of different variables going on. One of which probably is practice. Another which. They don't feel very comfortable or confident on this patch. And it's very, again, it's clear to me within these first two games against tough top tier opponents that they are very confused as to what to do. Which makes they sense have an idea. because they, they don't they don't have top tier uh, opponents to practice against. I think you can still have not, not top tier practice. You can have poor no practice, bite. but still have something. I saw nothing. There was I mean, literally fair. nothing going on. Yeah, no, it's fair that they should get more than zero maps. I think that's completely fair. Right. Especially as the situation improves. I will say, especially Lip sucking on Sojourn, I, like I have all the time in the world. I'm sorry, you don't have the practice facilities. And why are good players good? Because they outgrind talent, talented players. Does, everyone's, does, everyone's working under the same circumstances. Does Chai have um, more Shai, talent Shai, than Shai, Lip? Yes. Shai doesn't magically have ranked that he secretly no, plays. No, he has just more just FPS ranked. talent than Lip. His floor is just much higher. If yeah, I'm, I, I, buy, I, I, I buy that. I, I, I can buy that. Sure. Right. And yes, like I, I agree that sh still shouldn't happen to the Shanghai Dragons. Like this is a, 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 a shambolic first week. Right. Sure. Yeah. It's it's very poor. Uh, I I tied with Avril here that I think that this is a lighting a fire. I think that this is like a maybe a too late adaptation um, from Moon. I would imagine we're probably going to see some strategical differences, something to make make it very pointed as to what they want to do, give them a very clear game plan so they don't feel confused. I don't know. The good news, the good news, is they have cards up the sleeve. They didn't play Fate at all. The ball's good in this meta. They didn't even try yeah. that. Yeah. They didn't play Eziaki on. I any, expect them to anything. Not on Brig. No. Yeah. Uh, they didn't try the Eziaki Brig. Didn't try the Eziaki sure, sure. Bap. Nothing. Um, all of that is proven to still be good in this meta. Mm -hmm. So there are cards still left up the sleeve that they can pull through. I don't know if Who Are You can help them in this meta. Yeah, but I don't think there's anything that he can help them with. Although I want to see. Looking yeah. at Alpha Yi, Alpha Yi is just forcing Genji and making it work. So uh, maybe there's a fucking world mm. where you just force that shit and it works. Um, we're seeing Echo being good. Flutter should be good at Echo. He was like reasonable, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, 
fucking Ironman. Everyone just looked average. The whole team, all five yes. of them. I yeah. think Iziaki was probably the best player on that team this weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's like, that's rough when like your Zen player is your best player and the other four are just doing fuck all. It's like, okay, yep, yeah. that's kind of rough. Like, <laughs> yeah. It can't happen. Like the fact that there was like as much, and I don't even think Tracer's a bad pick. But when Soul's running oh. around flexing around Profit and Stalker and Fitz all have these like how really is, dynamic how swaps. Does Profit I was look like a god right now, and Shanghai <laughs> just looking like fucking what? Profit is yeah. just like, Profit is just completely running circles around these guys. Yeah, and this is like, and, and it's, it's Shanghai plates. You you weren't here when I talked about this yesterday, but the, like the whole well, the circumstance conversation doesn't makes sense to me because shanghai were good last stage they were good they were fragging they were I doing think they just they understood they the meta right soul. Hmm? yeah but then i feel like you have to yes, there's a real you have to give up the ground then that it's a compound they were yeah there's a real word where they didn't know what they were going to meet what it's like, how, like elaborate on that just what do you mean like clear that up. what what they will would be up against in terms of Hero composition in terms of right. established rotations, oh. positions, because you're playing fucking Philly. That also like is your your full week. Uh, you're full week behind NA. You get to fucking watch all their games. You're in scrims as well. I think it's pretty clear. Like what is like the NA did a very good job of just decoding the meta. And as APAG, you you kind of just take that work and you just further it. Like like a fucking scientist in an olden days, you know, fucking Aristotle dies and you take his work and you just fucking further that shit, right? Yeah. You look at what NA does and you just you just take it a bit further. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, I, think, I don't know that they no. are, though. I think what might happen is Shanghai will body bag every opponent now because they are now have access. They are fucking yeah. fed up with their own medi- mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Mediocrity, Medi- mediocrity, right? Yeah, whatever. Mediocrity, yeah. Mediocrity, yeah. yeah. Um, and being German is so fun when you only ever read words. Meritocracy, mediocrity. Uh, yeah. It is. It is a lot. English is fun. English is, English is very fun. <laughs> to be uh, fair, last stage that happened quick. They lost O three to Philly, and then instantly bounced back. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't um, want to be Philly in this situation. They're getting curbed. They're getting the curbed. Right? We're just talking about. We're just talking about Philly. Like they. I don't know if you hear when I said this, but like they are, if, if Philly are having an upswing, they're having an upswing during a time where they're about to head into their hardest games. Mm. Shanghai are having an upswing when they're about to head into their easiest games. Yeah. So it's looking rough for Philly out there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Philly can make, well, I think they have a good, sh- I think they have a very good shot of still making the midseason, but it's not going to look pretty. Um, let's talk about some other teams just so we can through this, just in essence of time. Valiant. Brilliant reverse sweep. They beat Guangzhou sure. ex- expected. So 2-0 yeah. start for Valiant. Super fucking good for their mm. opportunity to try and make mm-hmm. it. We'll still we'll still probably not end up making it just because they still have, I believe, Valiant still have Sol and Hangzhou ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a lot of it's good tough. teams ahead of them. Probably not gonna happen, sadly. Chengdu, I think they needed big Sol. Chengdu nearly beat Sol. That's a yeah, that's a, that's result. impressive. Mm-hmm. Which is why the Shanghai loss hurts even more, because it's like how is it that Chengdu looked like they nearly beat Seoul? Probably yeah. even could have beaten Seoul. They C9 three times, by the way. Yeah, if Chengdu is... didn't, if Chengdu even C9 one less than three, just two out of the three, they might have fucking beat Seoul. Yeah. Legitimately might have beat them. The fact that they C9 three times and still took Seoul to the very fucking limit tells you a lot. Mm. 
And then you watch Shanghai get obliterated by Seoul. I'm like, excuse me? Mm-hmm. Do you see the difference now? It's like Chengdu should not be playing that close to Seoul, and yet they are. Yeah, it feels like the obvious leverage is to try to pressure out Jinmu, and I feel like that was kind of mentioned last episode. The problem is that it feels like nobody outside of maybe Soul and Spark and eat like you mentioned with Alfie, like they're also still forcing some picks that also don't seem entirely mega optimal. So like Chengdu can get away with a lot because the the level of refinement and that feels a little aggressive to say, I don't think is at like the peak in APAC. I think that like Chengdu is getting away with a little bit more there than maybe they would elsewhere. I don't well, think they're getting away with mechanical that. stuff like yes. Uh, Look, Genji isn't the most amazing hero in this in this match. Mm-hmm. However, if Jimu pulls blade and he just fucking slashes you and you die, what more can you do? I agree. I hear you. Like, unless unless your responses are created, you just should have slipped in forehead. <laughs> like, okay, like <laughs> if that was the only way you're going to counter him, you you you're set up to yeah. lose. Like, I don't yeah. know, I don't know what else to say. Like, yeah. Uh, I think I think Chengdu. Yes, do they force things in this meta? Absolutely, but do they make that shit work? Absolutely as well. They fucking made it work. Credit to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Can they make it? Still probably not. Why? Because they lost to Soul. Had they beaten Soul, I think their chances are looking very good. Because Mm -hmm. they lose to Soul, and they still have Hangzhou ahead, I believe as well. I mean, Um, that one. Depending on how things go, that's at least kind of winnable, winnable. right? Yeah, Yeah, there's a possibility. There's a world. Chengdu probably win the next two games. They beat Cheng. They, I can think. I think they beat Guangzhou pretty handily. They probably oh, yeah. beat Valiant as well. I think their play yep. quality is just too high. Look, can Marvel carry Valiant? Yeah, but not over. The Chengdu, the Chengdu players outside of that matchup yeah. are just too good. Yep. Um, even Jimmu now is starting to step up, which is scary. Like you know, Chung. The the biggest thing holding Chengdu back was Jimmu. Now he's stepping mm-hmm. up. So it's like, okay, well, if that happens, then Chengdu's hard to stop. Yeah. Um. Then who else they have left us for that? Spark. I think Spark is going to be rough. Spark's the tough one. I but... don't think you can lose two games here. If you lose Chengdu, I think I said they can, they had to go 5-1 minimum. Mm-hmm. I think if they go 4-2, they're out. So yeah. they have to go flawless now because they lose to Seoul. I hope that's the case, if I'm going to be honest, because if Philly does not turn it around, and I think it's real hard for them too, like we're entering another scenario where like there is an obvious team that should not be here. Mm. And it's... They're lucky they got those two extra points from kickoff because yes. if it wasn't for that, we'd have three teams at 3-5 record. Yep. Philly, Chengdu, Valiant, all sitting at 3-5 regular season record. Yep. And before so, anybody starts coming at me like, oh, well, that happens in NA too. Yes, but like there are so few teams in APAC when you have a dead slot. That's just like, yeah, Philly is just a write-off team. They're not going to do anything in the playoffs. Why bother sending them? Like it I'm, feels I'm, worse. I'm prepared for the Philly comeback. I'm not writing them off. And I think they'll make it in. I think I'm, I have some hope in that because okay. I think Philly's yeah, going to yeah. make it in, they better start looking better. They just they need ha- one yeah, they match, have to right? Turn it I think one mm-hmm. match is almost Yeah, enough. that's my that's my issue, is that like eventually they'll have to play charge, which kind of feels like a gimme, because I think charge or poop. It'll be a gimme. Charge are bad right now. Infusion no for, the, for the, the, the sanctity, and I, I forgive me for being flowery, to, to like warrant you being sent to Hawaii by sent I mean literally just like playing against people who are in Hawaii literally like big Guangzhou and make it yeah like you you need to level up the form less of just oh just beat Guangzhou right like you really need to earn that spot not necessarily just beat charge you know what I mean like if they just beat where, charge it feels like it doesn't feel good 
This is where that Shanghai game is super scary because not only are you versing Shanghai on the upswing, mm. but Shanghai is fucking angry that they haven't taken a map off you so far this year. Yeah. <laughs> They're pissed that they've lost you twice. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's an extra hot, potentially rough game. Um, and think... I'm not, ca- I'm not even casting that one, so I'm just gonna Ooh. enjoy watching it from the sidelines. Okay, it's a little bit of a shame because I would have loved to have cast that. That would have been, that's a dream cast scenario right there. All the different storylines. Mm. Um. Yeah, Hangzhou though. Let's talk about them as this final. There's not much to speak on in terms of Guangzhou, so I'm happy to leave them out. Yeah. Seoul, we can just all agree, look phenomenal. Look fantastic. Um, Hangzhou, so honestly, look fucking great as well. Shy is so good. So at nasty. Ooh, holy shit. Yeah. This guy's good. Yeah. They're fantastic. I think. I think you guys are rightly correct to point towards their tank line last episode. Be like, what the fuck? The league is not playing. Gusha's not playing. What do you think? Was he going to play ball? It's up to Bernard. And, like, it wasn't horrible, right? It wasn't great, but it was fine. Bernard's all right. He's actually good. Yeah. Like, Bernard was better than Void. Bernard was better than Void. He really and was. I, th- <laughs> I think that's more of, like, the cohesion, the like, the idea of how to play the meta. Spark feel very comfortable within. Shy is running around doing all kinds of crazy stuff on Sojourn. Alfie is doing God knows what on whatever pick he wants to play. Like, they feel comfortable kind of just letting their DPS run around and, and be little monsters. And they are. And like, it kind of feels like that's part of the meta that we're in. Like it, it feels very DPS centric. You have a ton of agency on Sojourn. If you're playing Tracer, Echo, Genji, ow, you can do a lot as well. Like there's always like somebody to dive with uh, and against because there's a lot of like really just static support heroes like Zen, like Ana. There's not a ton of Lucio. There's obviously not a lot of Moira. Bap as well sometimes. Like there's a lot of targets to jump onto. Like you have a ton of agency to just go in and make a play. So a lot of the macro, while there is Yo, some, is, go ahead. This is uh all the teams that are good have been saying DPSs. Yeah, I'm not just talking about Apex and A as well. Mm-hmm. This game and Overwatch Two is very DPS centric game. If you're, DPS I, I think this meta playing, also accentuates that, makes it worse. I think every meta is though. Every meta is like, oh, okay, last agree. meta, soldier, most shades. important hero. This meta now, Sojin's the most important hero. It's like, yeah. so far it's always DPS, yeah. and everything is about enabling the DPS as well. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you're D- at the end of the day, if a DPS are firing off, you're winning. Think about it. Valiant, how do they come back? How do they get a reverse sweep? Dia pops off on the Widowmaker. Yeah. Boom. Done. I mean, to circle uh, back to what you said about this whole Shanghai Chengdu, games. How does Chengdu, how does Chengdu win? The Jammu pops Eve? off on the Genji. Boom. Done. Sure. That too. Like Comes back to the DPS. I, I think I agree. Like, it, it is like Overwatch 2 is very DPS centric. I think we talked about it in the show quite a lot coming into this, you know, the season in general. But this patch in particular feels like it's almost ramped up to like higher degree where like everybody's running around you have sojourn taking flanks sometimes and just like winning a fight just by yourself right like of course other dps and other metas can do that but it feels like it's more so happening now with sojourn more so happening now with all the doom the wrecking ball like you you have a ton of chaos to to jump in and just like get picks and and just win fights off of that so it's it's a it's a less methodical game but it is very fun and flashy and i am very sad that we do not have a land environment Let's head over to NA now, NA land where I sleep. Um, <laughs> who, who would like to lead? Who would like to lead? Nothing crazy, I mean, right? Not because it's boring. Some of it's boring. No, because I'm literally sleeping. I'm literally of sleeping. Of course. So who wants to lead the discussion on NA? I, I don't. I don't know that there's anything too crazy. Nothing. Nothing jumping out. Um, I think I won't speak for Yeska, but to, to highlight a few of the games, I think some of the. Um, 
the the talk around florida dallas was interesting i think for my take they they being florida kind of underperformed um i'm still very hesitant to to accurately judge how dallas are, are situated within the meta um but i think florida probably underperformed quite a bit definitely we're not the best team on the day um i think you saw glimpses of what i was trying to predict with dallas against the the shock later on in the, the week um I think people are slightly misjudging the justice. If I'm going to be completely honest after reviewing the game, um, I think they have a good idea. (laughs) How do I put this? They, they have a good idea sometimes. And then sometimes they just look fucking lost. Um, You've just described, you just described justice's entire existence. Yes. Existence over three years or whatever. (laughs) Pretty much. They, they, I think they've answered a lot of my questions. They're locking in a roster. They're playing happy and decay, which is you saw immediate benefits. The issue I think came to making Kalios the mainstay and how they were going to retake space with Doomfist was maybe a little bit off for them. They didn't necessarily feel comfortable. I'm going back to the Eichenwald match against Toronto. They seemed very, they, they felt very oppressive when they had space and when they were leading the tempo. But once they lost control of the game, they kind of just floundered about, didn't know exactly how to get get a word in edgewise getting back into the game. Um, so I think you should hold in terms of the stonk selling. I don't think justice or poop. I think Toronto mm, had some had some overperformances in some certain places that like even gave them a chance oh well this is the game where muse got a million environmentals right yes 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 right quite played quite well found a lot of value on the doomfist and a hard carried and again and i can all like did a did a bit of lift i don't know if we have a source on this but apparently this is like muse's second day playing doomfist or something where where did that come from i I have not clue i have not heard that that would not be that that surprises me because of how successful he was at it like again like the reason why Eichenwald wasn't even a full hold is because he pulls out a 3k out of nowhere like they 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 lose I think they lose first kill and then Muse just gets three and they win like that's how they cap point a right right and it's just like okay and then on control he's popping off doing all kinds so, of crazy uh, shit. citation like, citation needed but apparently Muse had only been playing Doom for a couple of days I mean that's citation, wild to me citation needed don't have a source on that one <laughs> sure source Source, source could literally, source could literally <laughs> be I made it the fuck up. So just be a little bit careful on that one. Don't spread that one too far. Yeah. Uh, take a handful of salt on that one, not just a pinch. Um, Was there anybody okay. for you that kind of like stuck out? Any like any teams underperforming, overperforming? I feel like I mean Vancouver is on the up and up. I think they should have probably sure. won the first two maps against Fuel. Um, okay. Like, if you look at those matches, like, push for sure was in the back sure. until it wasn't in the back. Um, <laughs> push is fixed. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> well, <laughs> that that was one of those matches where, like, imagine if, facts, you, <laughs> if you didn't have those extra two minutes, but Titans might have won it. But yeah, I don't know. They they seemed like I had a an interview with Shockwave, and he just basically said there's a lot of um like they were very hyped to play them this close, and then they just fumbled at the finish line yeah. right? in, in on both first ma- two maps. I think third one was reasonably decisive. I, you know, I don't have an issue there, but 
Um, when you were talking to Shockwave, just to kind of jump in there, um, did you feel or did you get the essence that, you know, the team felt a little bit more confident playing them close? Did it, did it feel like they were kind of like, okay, yeah, things are working. Things are gelling. Like this to pay transfer, like is, is really providing us dividends. Like we are, we are slowly becoming not a bi-week team. For sure. That's definitely the case. I think, um, I think they realize that, I mean, they're out of mid season. They still haven't won a match. Sure. It's not great. There's sure. still like always an underlying feeling of, Dissatisfaction. I mean, Shockwave sure. last last year played for a team that won a lot, right? So mm -hmm. it's it's like, ah, uh, he played a few maps. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I also made Fusion Uni, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the the situation that seems like I'm noticing a lot of players is that they that once again it is the topic of like the. He didn't play Soldier much, right? Like in the, uh, in the yeah. it was the uh, more that Aspire played it, and yeah. now there's no way to grind that stuff. So they feel yeah. disempowered in their ability to grind, right? <laughs> and mm -hmm. yeah, so yeah, it's it's uh once again everyone has to deal with this, but it's it's for sure like a stressor, and sure. I still think like you pretty much have to, you know, say okay whatever first half you just really gotta get in there for the play-ins and play-ins are still yeah. possible um it's pretty forgiving right like it's it, you mm. just need to be 10th so you need to catch up to the uh, uprising the uprising will also fail to make um the summer mid-season mid of, of course or like will probably who is left yeah they probably might get a win against the nyxl uh, if not, that's even better for the Titans. And then, like, the bar just keeps it pretty low. And then you just got to pop the fuck off in stage three. That's that's your goal. You need mm. that bonus win as well. Of and I mean, if if we're going to be honest, like, Titans have shown a bit, like, Aspire, last stage. Like, this team does have some weapons available. They just need to, I don't know, gamble the right way. Make sure he's eating his Cheerios. Like, they, they do have some firepower. Let's be real as well. Vancouver stage three is really strong schedule wise. Like I'm talking unbelievably good schedule wise. Mm. I believe their two hardest games in all of stage three. Uh, get this: Houston and beatable. Toronto. Very beatable. Depending on but, what we're playing, like, like straight up, those are the yeah. hardest games. Yeah. No shock. No Dallas. Oh. No Gladiators. No Atlanta. Their hardest games in stage three are Toronto and Houston. Yep. Everything, every, every, everything past that is weaker teams. I'm gonna be honest. So my question ends up being like, when does Vancouver get their first win? Is it this stage versus a middling Washington, uh, or, is, or is maybe Washington still too far out for them, or is it gonna be next stage? I think with the combination of like a patch change, don't we also have a break? Yeah, there's also a break in there. Cool off, regroup. I think they come out hot in Summer Showdown in the chaos that. God knows what we're playing, if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, and I they come out, Toronto's beatable, Paris beatable. Like, they could open, again, this is like looking far in the future. We have not seen anything what happens. We have not seen any of the form. We have not seen any of the developments. Coming into week 15 of the Overwatch League's 2022 season, there's a world where Vancouver opens the Summer Showdown 2-0. I think that's very possible. 
I think they might have a five one stage. Could be. I think what will, will happen is I'm not feeling great as Washington playing the Titans. Nope. I, this, this stage. Yes. This stage? Yes, this stage. And then I'm like, everyone's going to be probably on break other than the teams that are sufficiently hungry. I think it's also valuable for a couple of teams to reset and use the time. Sure. Um, but I think like it, it just feels like everyone has such a desire there that mm. Titans will use that time and to just I'm, I'm kind mm. of excited. This is a really exciting story to follow. Um, True. Because it's it's the story how a change of perspective can switch the quality of your situation, right? Or like the quality of your performance. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like this is, uh, this is for me the, one of the more exciting aspects in, uh, or stories in NA. I'm kind of surprised by the mayhem not doing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. Should they have... Could, is there a world where they can... Well, to be Okay, they lost to Dallas and Shock, two of the best teams. So yes, in terms of expectations, week, yeah. is, it, is, it, is it because you feel like they should have won or just won some maps or what? Like what? Are they supposed think, to beat Dallas and Shock or what? No, I think they, they should have played... I would say I, I'm not sure if that's a hot take. I think Vancouver played Dallas closer than Mayhem did. Probably, if I'm gonna be honest, I thought Mayhem did not show up on that day. I thought they they severely underperformed against Dallas. And if memory serves, yeah, this is the start of like the, the the someone Ryan saga where I do not like that boy on Ryan right now. I think he is a little too uh, charge happy, let's say. A little too aggressive. Very disjointed in terms of their looks, and it still kind of persisted into the shock game. Um, they found ways around it a little bit, but even then, like, did not feel measured. Again, you're measuring him to Hottie, uh, to some of the APAC players that don't play it as often, but, like, I didn't really you care some, for You got it. some Majed Lucio, but a bit of Majed Lucio action. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not mad at the concept. It's a lot of the execution. You look at like the Dallas, Florida, Kings Row. Someone's often like, he, he's a good few paces forward from his team, just trying to like charge people and get kills. Like it, it felt like they were using it to fish for picks rather than to like really push oppressive space control and then leverage like close range heroes to to try and facilitate them. They were just. It felt like just a glorified pick comp that felt like Dallas had a read on very quickly and just kind of abused like it it didn't look good wasn't a fan and then Hydron not being uh, played I think for the majority of shock that's a weird one a right? little surprising like the yeah. dude looked like one of the better sojourns if not like top five mm-hmm. sojourn mm-hmm. in NA mm-hmm. yep that's kind of what was my impetus on why I thought they were going to do really well against Dallas. Is like I did not see anybody that was like effective at the Sojourn, whereas Hydron looked like he was arguably the second best Sojourn in NA. So XE is now in Florida, to my understanding. Is that right? That'd be yeah. correct, right? I, yeah. I'm so they just sure. kind of is it I, did Mayhem just get looks like maybe Mayhem believed that they got better results with the Xe and Scrims, maybe 
Uh, I, I can't imagine why they would choose to play XC instead of Hydra on this hero unless they felt like XC was going to be better. Yeah, could be. The only way they would feel that XC is better is through scrims. some sort of results in scrims, I have to yeah. imagine. Mm. Or you just believe. It's just not translating right now. Or you just believe in the long term upside of XC and you just go, you know, we're playing Shock and Dallas this week. Might as well sure. get him up to speed, right? I suppose. We're, we're I qualified know. for Summer Showdown most likely anyway. Yeah. Like, oh, you is mean it season? Mid uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, mid season. Okay. Just make uh, sure. Even that is actually. Um, it's tight. Yeah, it's not guaranteed. Oh. You, you know what, what, it, what is actually here a story as well? Uh -huh. And it's like, it, it would be a little bit sadistic pleasure, and I actually don't wish that on, on the team. Mm -hmm. But if the Justice can win, like, <laughs> two of the next three games, which should be possible for a team like the Justice, you'll mm -hmm. find it's oh, out of their own homestand tournament. Well, next stage or this? You mean oh, wait, I'm, I'm stupid. Sorry. Like, yeah. Defined is outside their uh, their midseason contention, right? Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, okay. I don't know why I thought we were going to Toronto yeah. for the midseason stuff. Um, but hey, cool though. That, nice. That's like that's on the horizon as well, right? Like this it team is needs to shape the fuck up. Like there's also and something that leads yeah. radical changes. Like both, like yes. I would say, like, Define, Justice, and Uprising are in the danger zone, my dude. That's the zone where... And one of them has a homestand. Where you have budgets, and not, those budgets aren't equi created equal. I'm not saying that, but... Of course. Who, based <laughs> on the quality of their rosters, should mm -hmm. be doing better. Should be doing better than the Spitfire and the Mayhem, namely. I think that's sure. right around where it's reasonable for the, to them to be expected. And that's the... That's the guillotine uh, region where heads roll, dude. Like if you're yeah. outside, like yeah, the world seat looks uh, very differently on dude. eighth than in ninth. KDG, KDG already rolled. I mean, yeah. How many, how many more heads gonna roll in Toronto? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're running. They're another one that I'm like, I don't know that there is much you can do. Um. But this offseason, if things do not drastically shape up or or improve, however, I need to message that to you, Toronto fans, you need to be very, very upset. You need to come into the offseason screaming. Get some change to your region. Get some meaningful development in that front office. You des You have the budget. We all know it. Make a competitive team. It is possible, I promise. They have, a, they have a competitive team. I don't think the team's uncompetitive. It's one of those situations, <sighs> sure. you look at the Toronto Rossi, you look at the Justice Rossi, you're like, on paper, these teams should be much better than Spitfire Mayhem. Yeah. Should be. Right? But they're not. So. They're getting kind of diffed. Let's, uh, yeah, I have I two know. questions here. One is, and we've we got to get ready to wrap up here. One is, Shock, Glad's Field. Are they the top teams and who actually is the best team here? Because Shock are probably going to go flawless here. They are about to have back-to-back perfect stages. I think Shock go 12-0 here, but are they the best team? Or are Glad's actually better? Or are Dallas better? 
I don't think Dallas is better. I think I think they might even just be outside of like the top teams. Agreed. If I'm going to be completely honest, I think they are not in the top. I don't think there is a top three right now. I think it's just two. Um, and if I'm going to be honest, I think it's shock as of right now. I think what made Glad so potent last stage was how they developed, right? How quickly and agile they were to like meta changes and adapting to the Rhine and finding some flexibility. So I suspect that it'll probably just be an attribute of theirs as the season progresses as a whole. So I'm I'm charitable to the idea that they come back. But as it stands right now, gun to head, death laser, Max Kellerman pick on the line. I'm going to say the San Francisco Shock are the best team in it. I agree. And I think it's not... It's not something that where they have a huge advantage at the moment no. yeah but it's reasonable and i yeah i agree with the fuel take i think like you can't just get stomped out by two top teams if you want mm. to count rain in in that in this meta which i think you should um and say like that you're one of the elite right i think it's it's mm. clearly shocking gladiators and Gladiators also won't have any any proving point other than Houston, which they three owed. Yeah. Other than that, their stage is just tragic very game, weak. Yeah, <laughs> it was tragic. It's does does like saying Outlaws is a top four team feels weird, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, it does. They have. They have. Quite literally skated by sometimes. I, and I feel like I feel like a team. I feel like a team like Mayhem should almost be there instead. Mm-hmm. But like Atlanta, absolutely should be. Yeah, there. Yeah, Atlanta Mayhem sure. should be higher up. I don't yep. know. So who makes it in there? Because now we have to discuss the the middle of the pack. Let's forget about yeah. New York, Boston, Paris, and Vancouver for a little bit. Sure. There are four teams vying for one spot. Mm. Spitfire, Defiant, Mayhem, Justice, all going for one spot. It's probably more productive to talk about who doesn't make it rather than the three that do. Yes. Yeah. So Washington's an easy answer here. They have, I believe, two games left. Was it three games left? They have Gladiators. The they play London. They play Vancouver. Am I crazy to think that London probably beats them? No, I don't Is think so. Is it wild? I think that's they would how I've got it. Here's the thing is, they probably beat Vancouver. Can they even beat Vancouver? Because there's this, this, other issues. Vancouver are looking pretty good. London are looking pretty good. Yeah. Glads are glads. So there is a real world where they actually go 0-3 here. They yeah. Need to win. How many do they need to win? At least two? Is that correct? I'd have to, I'd have to look. Mayhem, if they have to win at least two, I don't think they're going. Mayhem probably win one point here. Who else get a point? Toronto probably get one point here because they lose to Glads and Shock. So both of those get one point. So that puts Toronto on seven. Mm-hmm. Mayhem on seven. What about London? London have Paris. That's a win. That's one. Justice. And they played Dallas. And Dallas. So they, I don't know if they beat Dallas, but they can definitely beat Justice and Paris. Yeah. Let's just say they do beat Paris. That's one point. So at minimum... London are on seven. So all these teams are on seven. Right. So Justice have to win two. It's important. I don't. They have to win two don't to get well. seven points. 
and then also win on a on a map differential tiebreaker, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough I, one. it is it is a struggle for them to be able to get it across the line. I don't think they're bad. I think the opponents that they have left are just very good. That even includes Vancouver, which is wild. Yeah, yeah. I think Vancouver. I, I think they beat Vancouver, but I don't think it's without taking a couple bruises like they're going to get lumped up. But I think they get they like happy decay are so, like potent enough to get it across outside of teams like getting upset. For example, if Mayhem don't beat Boston and they get mm -hmm. upset, then they're probably out. That That's extending a, a, a crazy lifeline to Washington. Yeah. Or like, oh, well, Toronto just don't win against Paris. They just fucking lose to Paris. That would be another lifeline extended Washington. Mm -hmm. So what would be your answer? You had to pick one team that probably doesn't make it. I guess it has to be Washington, right? It's Justice, yeah. I think they lost I it think when they lost against uh, Defiant. Toronto? Toronto? Yeah, I believe so as well. Yep. That was the most important game. That game literally decides who makes it, I think. Yeah. It's that in like the 3-2 loss against Houston. Like that was a very winnable game and that's when they were doing a lot of the roster swaps and it's like you're playing a lot of Sombra, you're playing a lot of like goofy mag picks. Kalios is coming in for certain things. Like I think there is a real world where the format or the blueprint that they had in week two, obviously sometimes you can't have that without a week one. I get it. But I think that's a winnable game, if I'm to be honest. That goes like I think it was control map five. No, it wasn't. Okay, I lied. <laughs> like, I, I think it's closer, right? I think it's that's a tight game you could have won. I think Toronto was very winnable. Um, yeah, I think you're. I think Justice is kicking themselves. I think they probably should have made it. Um, they probably should be where Toronto is, if I'm to be honest. But Dems to breaks. Dems, how to cookie crumbles. But London looked fantastic. Okay. Toronto kind of skating by. And then who's the third team? Mayhem? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mayhem look good. I don't know. Yeah, Justice is odd man out. Yeah, especially like if, um, if they actually get a signing in, like I feel like Spitfire is in prime position right here, right? Yeah. Which is nice because... When um, is... When is Vigilante in again? July something. Late July. So, so not yet? Month. Not yet. Next month? Yeah. Ooh. Should be looking at summer summer bounce back for Justice. So he's not even going to be available. No, he's in tomorrow, isn't he? He's in like two days. Is he? So they could use him. So they could actually use him, but I don't know if they'll be ready to use him yet. Yeah, he'll be re he'll be eligible very soon the next this couple days. Friday? Okay. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that could be something. I mean, I'm charitable to seeing what that looks like. We'll see. All right, well, a couple of important games here to decide. Things are things are the middle of the pack here for NA is actually kind of exciting now. Yeah. It's a, it's a uh, tight race is, on the button. The problem is, man, half of these NA games are just like, oh, yeah, what's this? Uh, much better team plays much worse team. Yes. <laughs> I don't need to watch this game, man. It's just boring, you know? Whereas yep. you look at you look at the Chad A pack, you're like, what's this? Philly versus Valiant? Oh, reverse sweep? Holy mm -hmm. shit. Holy fuck. <laughs> Yeah, that would that shit would never happen in NA. You 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 don't you you're not gonna watch a game where like I don't know Houston are down two mass versus Gladiators and they just reverse sweep. Shit right. will never happen. Fucking a pig will fly. Piggy will fly before then. <laughs> Tell you that much. Piggy um, ball. Alrighty, Dunzo. Yes. Okay, two forty three wrapped up. Long episode. 
It's a good one, though. We're going to move on to the next episode. So thank you for hanging out. We'll see you in 244. Goodbye. Peace.